Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Episode number 3.18, live on May the 3rd, 2012 at 9.30 at night. It's Thursday night. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Stampede and PJ. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Sampietro, joined by my partner in crime, my partner in rhyme, my partner in Grime. Why? Why are we dirty? It's Brian Calneva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi. Wow. Hi. I'm going to need you to bring the energy level way up. We got a big uh, show. Yeah, we got a I big got, show. Yeah, got some bad news, though. What happened? It's, you know, the Knicks were hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there. They're down by 12 now with six Oof. minutes left. Uh, we are obviously going to talk about the Knicks and the playoffs against the Heat, uh, down by 12 right now. Uh, we're going to have Jay Linder on in a little while, our buddy Jay, who's a, a big Nick fan, big Yankee fan. So obviously, it's not a good night for him. No, there'll be stuff to talk about there. We'll get to that, about the great Mariano Rivera. May he rest in peace. Okay. <laughs> Slow down. No, he's fine. He's fine. He's not, he's not dead. Not by any means. Down. Thank goodness. Uh, but he did hurt himself tonight uh, in Kansas City. Uh, so we'll talk about that with our buddy Jay Linder. He's a he's a raconteur, Cal, too. He's a storyteller. He's uh, Bon Vivant, Jay Linder. Bon Ooh. Vivant. How how will our resident Bon Vivant feel about that? I don't know. We may have dueling Bon Vivants tonight. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Linder's going to join us, I think, at like 1030, Cal. So we're going to do... Uh, Obviously, we'll talk about the Nick game tonight, uh, and then uh, he and PJ and you and I are going to talk about our top five favorite superhero movies of all time because the Avengers is coming out there's tomorrow. A new- tomorrow, yeah, which has every superhero ever in it. Uh, the Dark Knight last next installment of that comes out this summer. There's a new Spider-Man, a reboot. They rebooted it. True story. Uh, true story. <laughs> so before we <laughs> Daredevil. Daredevil, it's about a blind superhero. Um, so before we, uh, so we'll get to Jay a little later. We're going to talk about the Mets. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Junior Seau. That is truly tragic news. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and get, I want to get your opinion, Cal, on what you think the NFL can do. Our buddy, uh, one of our great friends who's been on the show, Dan uh, Nello, is a neurologist, actually. He's a fellow 
uh, up at Einstein Medical Center. It does a lot of work with uh, brain trauma and whatnot. He had some interesting things to say about the Junior Seau tragedy and the problem that the NFL has on its hands. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the Yankees and the Mets, rotation problems. And now the Yankees have a new set of problems. We're going to talk about that. But the big unload, my friend. Ooh. Oh, we're going to talk about the Rangers, too. We're going to talk about the Rangers. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 only a tr- tremendous triple overtime game last night. I have a uh, big unload. Tonight, he's ready to unload a big unload with music by Big Country. The song in a big country. Not to buy. No one is considered yet. Uh, I don't remember the intro being this long. When I was older, it we never heard the extended version. No, when I was roller skating to the song in the 80s. No, they just jumped right in. That's it. You went right None in. No, 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 this is, uh... Yeah, what's, what's with the dance remix version? <laughs> you, know what, you know what's awesome? If I was in Capizio's and uh, Jay Cavaricci's right now, I, and you had a brush in your back pocket, and I had a brush in my back pocket, and I had my Cavaricci's pegged, <laughs> I'd be able to deliver this big unload. This is a great sound, though. So tonight in the big unload, here's what I want to talk about. Wow, it just keeps getting louder and then softer, and then the production values are through the roof tonight. We'll bring in our producer in a little bit. Um, here's what I want to talk about in the big. It won't let me stop it, Cal. Okay, it just keeps going. <laughs> couple skate, couple skate. Okay, let's go the other way. Um, <laughs> here's what I'm talking about in the big unload. So the other night, I'm watching the Knicks uh, Heat game, game two in Miami. And I'm texting with you and, and Dr. E. Ray Stad and, and Dan, and we're going back and forth in the chat room. Cal, you have to explain this to me. I can't – everybody knows I'm no fan of the NBA – I, I couldn't watch that game. I, I had to turn it off. This is why I don't like the NBA. The officiating is wildly inconsistent. It, it's whether you're in – you don't know what is a foul one time up the court as opposed to the next time down the court. If you're rooting for that team, like I was rooting for the Knicks, obviously, uh, you feel like you're getting mugged the whole game, which you can make the argument that they were. But uh, LeBron is flopping all over the place. These guys cry after every call. There is no flow to the offense. It's a complete one-man game. And there's a foul every freaking time down the court. Can't take it. NBA, it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, talk to me about this, Cal. Is it just this series? Uh, well, I don't know what you want me to say, Steve. It's really, this is the NBA today. On NBC. No. Um, <laughs> the NBA today. No, this is this is how the game is. You know, it's it's changed. Now, you and I are admittedly not huge basketball fans. We love the, we love the sport, but I think we we have the problem with the league with and with the NBA. And we used to be big fans. We back in the nineties, back in the day, as they say, we used to watch it all the time. We loved it. It was a great game. When we kind of stepped away from it for a while, and now when you go back to it, I think that what we're seeing now is is probably the norm. And, and this would be a good question for Jay later because Jay watches it a lot more than we do. But I have a feeling that this is the norm. My big problem, and and you touched on this a little bit before, 
is how heavily influenced the officials are by the players. I mean, if, if you flop and you do a good enough job of it, you can get a call every single time. Every single time. You, you bring up two great points. One, we're definitely going to ask Linder about it later on in the show because he watches a ton of basketball. And Jay's the kind of basketball fan. He's a Knicks fan, but he'll also watch the playoffs, you know, like when the Knicks aren't in it, which is usually. Um, or, or or they'll be there for four games like they will this year. Um, so maybe he can tell us if this is the norm. I'm not going to sit there and watch the Clippers in Oklahoma City. I'm, I'm not. I mean, it's not, and, and that's not who they're playing anyway. So I'm definitely not going to watch that. <laughs> or the, you know, the Clippers in Memphis or whatever. I'm not going to watch that. But the other point that you bring up, we talked about with Bill Pito when we had uh, Bill Pito on the show a couple episodes ago. Um, and he talked about how diminished the game is because of the shortened season. And right. because of the lockout and because the the play all year has been really ragged. Um, and that's the best way you can describe the play that I watched the other night. And it started to happen again tonight, except LeBron was getting calls against him, even though he was flopping. He complains after every call. These guys oh. complain after every call. Every <laughs> time. Steve, um, um, I've got one eye on the game right now while we're doing this. And I can, I'm telling you, every single play – that he's involved in. If there's a call, he's making that same face. Yeah. That same incredulous face with the arms completely outstretched. Like, oh my God, what? Yeah. It's 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 really tough to watch. And the and the PS is to me from what I've watched of these playoffs is that these guys are fouling every time down the court. Nobody knows how to play defense anymore. No. Nobody nobody plays. Nobody moves their feet. Nobody goes straight up and down. These guys are fouling every time down the court. And if they do happen to play good defense, they're going to get called for it anyway. I got a funny story. My my, uh, we've talked about this. My daughter plays soccer. Yes. And uh, over the over the winter, well, that's there's a whole other angle to that. Okay. We'll, we'll get it to some some other day. Okay. Um, but over the winter, she played indoors. She played in an indoor facility, and we would go down. And usually, right before her game, there was a game with uh, boys, seven or eight year old boys, playing, and it, it was fascinating because. Every time somebody would, you know, the kid would be kicking the ball down the side and then another kid would come to try to kick it away. And the kid with the ball would literally flop onto the ground <laughs> and then get up and look at the ref. Right. Now, a seven-year-old obviously is not as skilled at the acting part of it. Right. So it was just really obvious what they were doing. But it happened a handful of times. And it just, it made me think of the NBA and, you know, these kids watch professional basketball players do it all the time. And now that's what they're doing. I mean, think about when we were kids. We used to, we used to do the things that we saw uh, professional players do. Absolutely. Too bad that that seven-year-old isn't Haley Joel Osment. You emulate them. Because that would, that, would be, that would be something. If the seven-year-old was Haley Joel Osment, because uh, I, I think he's the finest of our child actors. Don't you? Well, he's he hasn't been seven for about ten years. But. Right, when he was seven, I'm talking, uh, you know, that era. Could you imagine him flopping on a call? Oh, he'd win Ooh. an award. Or the kid from Jerry Maguire, <laughs> Jonathan Nicky. Yeah, my. But you know, it, it was it was a little bit of an aside, but it illustrates the point that it's so prevalent right now in professional sports, and it's not it's not just basketball. I mean, basketball it's the worst by far. But you see it in other sports, and they, they, you know, 
the officials are so heavily influenced by it too that it changes the game completely. Right. Well, you, you brought up th- this is a great aside, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Johnny's going legit. La what? Legit. La why? <laughs> I'll tell you the why. Because Johnny's brother is the DA. <laughs> Nothing like uh, referencing Johnny Dangerously, a movie from 1983, <laughs> just to bring the show to a complete halt. It's like you're um, playing, playing Big Country. We're talking about Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> That's a great movie. I've said it before on this show. I watched, I went to see that movie in the theater. Uncle Tommy and Aunt Jerry took my brother and I to see that movie. we got to have PJ look up what year that is. I couldn't have been more than 12. Johnny Dangerously? Yeah. What do you? What's your guess on Johnny Dangerously? I'm going to say 84. Yeah, so am I. Tremendous. Great Weird Al Yankovic song from that as well, by the way. Which one? <laughs> this is, it's called This Is The Life. <laughs> and and it's a rare non-parody uh, song from Weird Al Yankovic. He does the actual, the one of the songs from the movie. Wow. I, I even know the words. How pathetic. I eat filet mignon. And it's like a 20s song because the movie takes place in the 20s. <laughs> Of course. I eat filet mignon seven times a day. My bathtub's filled with Perrier. What can I say? This is the life. I buy nice. a dozen cars when I'm in the mood. I hire somebody to chew my food. I'm an upperly mobile dude. This is the life. <laughs> That's from that movie? I That's from that sounds movie. Sounds familiar. Yeah. They say that. Okay, I can do the whole song. Um, the point is, I can't pass up somebody saying the why without quoting Johnny Dangerously. Right. Um. You bring up two excellent points as as the aside. Yes, we did emulate what we saw. Like I, I adjusted my batting gloves the way – well, no no players did that in the 80s like they do now with the OCD thing that no more right. Garcia Parra brought to, to the table. <laughs> but I wore my batting helmet like Gary Carter or I, I – you know – when Gar- when Keith Hernandez would uh, uh, you know like a sh- uh, Rafael Santana would make a great play, mm-hmm. and he'd throw somebody out. Keith would give him the fist after he caught the ball at first base, you know. And I used to do that. Or when uh, I was catching and somebody you know Matty Karsik got a big strikeout, uh, I gave him you know the the Carter fist. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we emulated things about the game. That's not to say we didn't emulate some bad things, but kids. The flopping, like I can't even imagine watching a, a basketball game with like ten year olds. Right. You know what I mean? Like I. This is soccer that I was right. talking about. This is too. soccer, and they're diving. Yeah. And you bring up the idea that it's not just in basketball. You're absolutely right. It's in football, gratuitously. A lot of football. I mean, football. The celebration after every play, and you know, you're down thirty-five-seven, and you. Yeah. You have a two-yard tackle for a loss, and you're dancing around like you won the Super Bowl. But and everybody does it. But Steve, w- worse than that is is that there's a pass interference on every play, and the right. the wide receiver gets up and does that same right. arms outstretched, yelling right. at the ref every right. single play. You're absolutely right. That, which takes us in another direction, and another reason that I I have such a problem watching NBA basketball. College is just easier on the eye to me. It's still easier on the eye to me. As a 54-50 game with offensive flow and got yeah, you know, they're not putting up 100 points, but it's there's there's continuity to the offense. At least they're trying. I see that. Or they're playing defense. I think the the one-on-oneness of the NBA has ruined me for the game. It's ruined me. I just I can't it's it's the same thing every time down the court. 
You know, and especially now, like Stoudemire is out for the Knicks. It's just give the, if Carmelo can't get open, uh, Carmelo Anthony can't get open, they got nothing. They got Ugas. It's tough really? to watch. No, it is tough to watch, and I've been you know I've been trying to watch it all night, but it's it's well, hard. It's hard down to get by it. twelve. They're down by twelve, but there's only a minute and a half left, so they're going to lose and go down three zero and set the record for consecutive playoff games lost. Right. At right. 13, which stinks. You know, they're going to be three and out in this series and four and out. Uh, four, oh, right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, four and out. Um, and <sighs> I just, you expected more. You wanted more out of the Knicks or whatever. They are obviously banged up. Tyson Chandler being sick for game one was really bad. He shouldn't have been on the court. That killed him. And, of course, they lost by 35. Well, he was sick in game two also. Yeah. But the but the officiating makes this really really tough to watch. It really does, Cal. And you, you bring up a great point with the wide receivers too. I can't stand that every single time. It's every guy. It's, they just, it's, and they just pop up with the it's with your the, guys too, right? If it's an incomplete pass, they're crying for pass interference. Right. But it's like they. But it's almost like they run the route to get the pass interference, and then they they the way they just pop up immediately. Like that's what they're looking for. They're not looking to catch the ball. They're looking for the pass interference. Right. You no, know? I, it's, it's, it, it, I think what drives you crazy or what drives me crazy, too, is the inconsistency. Right. Like that, you, There's certain things in the NFL you start to wonder if you know what pass interference is anymore. You know, like you're like, if that's not pass interference or if that is pass interference, I don't know what pass interference is anymore. Right. Um, same thing with holding. You know, holding in the NFL. Now you could hold, you could call a hold on every play. Every play, yeah. You know, I think it's gotten to the point now where holding has to be either ridiculously egregious, or it has to have caused the play. You know, right. like, there's an 18 yard gain because of the hold. Uh, or if you're Matt Mulligan and it negates mm-hmm. a touchdown. Did you see that Schottenheimer signed him? No, in St. Louis. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Backup tight end who carries a flag in his back pocket and holds on to it until the Jets do something good. Right. I never seen anything like that guy. He I never was, seen anything like it. He was the worst, and everybody hated him on the team too. He was, <laughs> somebody was always yelling at him constantly. He's like that guy in gym class that you know, like you're you're playing for like the gym championship that right. like maybe get you a cut period or something like that. Like, oh come on, Matt. Right, and and you just have that one guy on your team. You're like, come on, put it together. Damn. We're playing flag football here. You can't tackle. But the but then the worst part about it was he was so he would he would go back at like, what did I do? What did I what am I? I what did I do? Was it me? Why are you yelling at me? I love it, Matt Mulligan. Mulligan. Oh my goodness. Oh. A backup tight end who had at least in two years he had at least ten penalties called on him. And. Oh. They and they always see. Well, he had what three in the Buffalo game alone, a couple games. Yeah, yeah. And they always were at killer times. Right. Always at the worst. <laughs> right, it's like a forty-yard gain. Bring it back. Right. Oh gosh. And then you're right. He would get like indignant. Like I didn't do anything. <laughs> yes, you did, dude. You're offsides again. The coaches would be yelling at him. Other players would be yelling at him. <laughs> and he'd be going. And then the, invariably, someone would have to step between him and the other person. Right. I love it. What a joke. So, speaking of jokes, wrap up the big unload. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't. And now that they're going to be, you know, swept and, and foreign done, I mean, 
it's just the NBA has to do something. It's no wonder, too, to me, Bry, that people think these games are fixed. Now, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist of the first order. Yeah, card carrying member. Card carrying. I got my button, my pin, mm-hmm. uh, everything. We <laughs> we have pins now. They're really nice. You distribute literature. Yeah, I have pamphlets, uh, and brochures, and leaflets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a nice loose leaf thing that I put together. A little PowerPoint. Well, I have a loose leaf binder that's like all handwritten, so it looks crazy. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> to go with <laughs> being like a conspiracy theorist nut. There's lots of arrows pointing in different directions. And... That one has more some of my more you know insane conspiracy theories. It looks like it looks like a beautiful mind. <laughs> it looks like equations. Like right. Russell Crowe put it that, together. That's that's that loose leaf has my theory on why Dave Kingman's not in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and how it's a, it's a conspiracy to keep him out. And it's six pages in a spiral bound notebook. That's correct. That's correct. So, um, but it really makes you wonder about these games when the officials have so much control over the game, so yeah. much control. And and you know I I hate this argument and you hear it all the time and there's something to it that the star player gets the calls. And every, you're just supposed to expect that. You accept it. You're just supposed to accept that LeBron James is going to get the calls. You're just supposed to accept that um, you know Justin Verlander is going to get the outside corner. You're just supposed to accept it. And it, but it's, but it changes the, the the fundamental aspect of the game. The rules should be the rules for everybody. It's not that you should get something because you're a star player. Right. It's, you know, I I, right. just, I I don't accept that. So you you probably my uh, Greg Maddox must have driven you absolutely insane. Oh man, all of the Braves, uh, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz used to get the right. other batter's box constantly right. until Tom Glavin became a Met. Right, and then all of a sudden they said, no, 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 no. All of a sudden they came up with this new invention called Quest Tech. You forfeited your right to that. That's it, your buddy. <laughs> you don't get the outside corner anymore. No. There's only an outside corner on that plate in Atlanta. And it took him four years to realize that he wasn't getting that outside corner. <laughs> and it all came down to one game when we really needed it. Right. Um, Tough but, to watch. Yes, I co-sign on that. They, but is there not something – look, you know, Jordan used to get all the calls, right? You could argue that the big shot that he hit in the you know against Utah when he had the flu, he had like 107 – and uh, was on antibiotics and uh, fluids and an IV that he was actually wheeling up and down the court uh, with him on one of those IV stands. I mean, it's a heroic performance. He didn't even have a head in that game. That's, that's <laughs> head <laughs> off his body. He played without one of his hands. Uh, you know, he pushed off. There's no doubt. He, what was it? Uh, Howard Isley maybe guarding him? I, I don't remember. Um. I think it was Howard Isley. Ronald wow. Isley, maybe. Ronald, Ronald Isley. What is, is that one of the Isley brothers? Yeah, he's one of the Isley brothers. You know you... Wait, that's not the Isley brothers, is it? This old heart of mine. Baby. Ah, that's, that, that, that's him. Who does shout? Oh, I don't know. We have to watch Animal House. Not to get that one out. Well, I mean, I know it's Otis Knight, but... Otis Redding. Otis... No. no Otis Knight. Otis, Otis, Otis Redding. Redding. <laughs> We are all over the Motown map uh, right now. Otis Anderson. <laughs> Otis Nixon. I just, <laughs> speaking, my man. Speaking of old Atlanta Braves, Otis my Nixon. Man. 
probably the ugliest, uh, one of the uglier players to ever play in the NBA uh, in Major League Baseball. This side of Willie McGee. Oh, well, Willie McGee, but at least Willie McGee looked like a lovable character. He looked like E.T. Except for the fact that he was wearing a Cardinals uniform. Right. <laughs> right? Right. Otis Nixon looked like a gremlin. He did. He looked like, he looked like, like, a, like a gremlin on the side of a building. Yeah, like he would just gnaw on your head if, if, if you know, like, if you got too close. Like, all right, all right. Sorry, I get it. Otis Nixon's gnawing on the power lines again. <laughs> what are you going for Halloween? A goblin? Oh, Otis Nixon. <laughs> Wait, let me put my Braves hat on. Me... Oh, yes. Oh, there it is. It's Otis Nixon. <laughs> But don't you think there's something to the star treatment? Don't you think certain guys earn that a little bit? I mean, look, a foul's right, or is it just a foul's a foul, a strike's a strike, a, a pass interference, a pass interference? Well, I mean, fundamentally, yes. That's those are the rules of the game, and the officials' responsibility is to, is to uphold the rules of the game and to enforce them. And and when you start allowing, then then it becomes well, who's who's a star player? You know, who where's the line? Where do you draw the line? You know, it's it becomes very subjective at that point. And when it becomes subjective, it goes back to your point of how the officials really can control the game. You know, that, yeah. that subjectivity lends itself to that, you know. But doesn't doesn't. OK. In baseball, for example, doesn't every pitcher have their or every umpire have his own strike zone, though? Every umpire does have his own strike zone. But you know that you go going right. Going into the game, you know Angel Hernandez is is going to be all over the place. <laughs> Don't bring him up. Yes, he's a bad example. I know, but yeah, you know when you look at who's calling the game, you kind of know. All right, this this is this, this is how he trends, and this is where I got to go. And then sometimes they change it up throughout the game. But I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't like the idea. I, it's it's something that's not going to go away, and I kind of have to accept it. I think with this, I feel like with a strike zone though, as long as the guy's consistent, like if he's calling high strikes, he's calling high strikes. If he's if he's given the outside corner that day and he's giving it to both sides, right? But if that's he, that's different. If you're yeah, if you're giving the star treatment to Jordan, and he's playing against Magic, or whatever, you better give it to Magic too, right? Yeah, and then at least it's going both ways. There were games where Jordan got the star treatment, or LeBron is getting in the series. Like LeBron is getting the star treatment that Carmelo Anthony doesn't seem to be getting. Well, then that that might say something for the fact that the the league doesn't think Carmelo is a star and wants the Heat to advance. Right. Well, sure. I mean, you know, look, you can't make that argument. I, I saw somebody make that argument in the NHL with the Rangers, right? And we're going to talk about the we we need to talk about the Rangers in a minute, but I saw somebody make that argument with the Rangers uh, in the Ottawa series that. Uh, and I think we talked about this. That uh, you know, some some caller up to the fan said, "Oh, it's because the you know the guys in Canada want uh, you know it's a conspiracy against the Rangers because they want the Canadian team to move forward." And well, you know, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Credit to Francesa who said, "Are you kidding me? The NHL would bend over backwards to have the New York team move forward. Are you kidding?" Yeah. There's never in the NHL going to be a conspiracy. Among the officials in the league to have New York out of a series, like there's no chance. Look, nobody's ever going to admit to wanting a, a one team over another to advance. Nobody will ever admit that. 
But if you give them truth serum, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you take Dick Ebersol and you tie him to a chair in a dark room and blindfold him and stick him with a needle full of truth serum, that was really well thought out. He's probably going to tell you that he wants the New York team to advance. Of course, the NHL wants the New York team to advance, but is that is that does that mean they're going to give out suspensions uh, heavier to one or the other? It's nonsense. It's weird though because Dick Ebersol has nothing to do with it anymore, so I don't know why you'd do that to him. But just because it's fun, and Dick Ebersol has it coming. Let's be honest. Yeah, after that whole XFL debacle, and you know what he did to Saturday Night Live in the '80s, he has it coming. That's true. Wait, was that Dick Ebersol? It was uh, Dick Ebersol. It was. Yeah. That's a name that gets thrown around a lot, and you think you know who he is, and then you go like, go to his Wikipedia page, and you're like, he did what? He's done a lot. Like, he skied in the Olympics in Sarajevo? Like, what? <laughs> he really has done a lot. He really ha- he has his fingers in a lot of, uh, a lot of sporting pies, as most, they say. Yeah, most, most of the time, good, I think. <laughs> yes. But... Uh, we're, if we're giving him truth serum, even though he has nothing to do with the NHL, no, um, he would tell you that, of course, they want the New York team to move forward. Are you kidding? This is better for business. Of course. Hey, look, people in Canada are going to watch hockey. No matter what. Yeah. If their teams are in it or not, they're going to watch hockey. People sure. in the United States are going to watch hockey if the New York Rangers are in the, fi- the Stanley Cup in the finals. But – Again, that's another – you can bring up the NHL and consistency with calls in the NHL and consistency with suspensions in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I just feel like – I guess the point of the big unload tonight, brought to you by no one in particular just yet, but maybe somebody soon. I think it's brought to us by the 80s tonight. Brought to us by the 80s. <laughs> brought to us by Umbros and uh, Ocean Pacific T-shirts. <laughs> And uh, well, on that note, uh, I think the point was too much with the officiating and playoffs and in, right. both, in both the NBA and also the other PSs. I ain't watching any more NBA basketball. Sorry. Got it. it. Stinks. I guess in the immortal words of Bob Watson, just let the kids play, man. Just let the kids play. Let the kids play. Let them play. Bob Watson. And you went Bad News Bears also from the 80s. Yeah, well, I, I went, but I went uh, breaking training. Breaking training. That's still the '80s. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. Astrodome or bust. Astrodome or bust. Kelly Leak is driving that van, by the way. Like, he is, and he's drunk at the same time right, too. And, I think, and he's like 15 years old. 15, yeah. <laughs> driving to Houston <laughs> with a, a, a bus full of, of, of 12 year olds. <laughs> Where is William Devane? Is what somebody has to ask at that point. No, he's he's actually drunk somewhere. He's, that's correct. That was him. I believe he's dead. I don't think he is. Do you think William Devane is still with us? Talk about a guy. Talk about a guy who was only meant to play Kennedy. Bill Devane. <laughs> that's uh, it. That's yeah. He's just meant to play Kennedy. That's it. That's all you got. He Sorry. did Kennedy at some point, didn't he? Of, of course. Okay. I, I I believe both in a mini series and the big screen. Huh. Bill Devane. Well, on that note, let's bring in our uh, producer. Who Bill looks Devane? who looks a lot like Bill Devane. And uh where where's his intro music? Oh, I want to hear his intro music. There we go. 
Yeah, that's nice. Just unbutton my shirt. <laughs> wow. William Devane. Hi, Pete. You, uh, you guys are gonna like. Uh, you guys are gonna like this year because William Devane. You're gonna see William Devane. What? If you watch Leprechaun's Revenge. You're gonna see William Devane as Pop O'Hara. As, as John F. Kennedy? <laughs> what is he's, John old F. Mr. he's old Mr. O'Hara. What is John F. Kennedy doing in Leprechaun's Revenge? <laughs> he was uh, era. Era, era, you're pretty short. <laughs> era, uh, what are you uh, supposed to be? A leprechaun or something? <laughs> why, does, era, why does that leprechaun have an axe? <laughs> I thought they're, they're supposed to be fun. Uh, <laughs> and where are my pants? Um, I took a cheap shot at a Kennedy there. I feel badly. Hi, oh, Pete. Janie, go bring that to Pop O'Hara. <laughs> Hi, little girl. There's William Devane. Peach quoting Leprechaun. Re- Leprechaun's Revenge. Speaking of the Leprechaun's age. Revenge. PJ, might be a reboot. Who knows? It could be. How do you feel about the officiating in the NBA? Fingers crossed for a Leprechaun reboot. (laughs) (laughs) One can only hope. How do you feel about uh, the officiating in the NBA, Peach? Don't watch it. (laughs) Can't comment. Can't comment. Not a fan. uh, I've been watching NBA games since Scottie Pippen was playing. (laughs) Wow. For Houston or for the Bulls? The Bulls. (laughs) The Bulls. Your Your line there is, he played for Houston? Sorry, I'll send over the script. Um, get the, get the script, girl. Uh, Peach, two things to talk to you about, and we're going to bring you back uh, when we have our buddy Jay Linder on, uh, because uh, it's going to be a battle of the Bon Vivants. It's going to be a rumble of raconteurs. It's a Bon Vivant off. <laughs> the, bon the, the first ever. The first ever Bon Vivant off. I've on I believe pay-per-view. William Devane played Baron Von Vivantov. <laughs> in Leprechaun's Revenge? In Leprechaun's Revenge. Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> Leprechaun's Revenge 2. More revenge. <laughs> uh, Peej, I have a question for you. I've been thinking about this for a couple of days, and I wanted to bring it up on the show. And then, of course, later we, we want to hear about your top five superhero movies of all time. We're all going to talk about that. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. So, Peach, I have a question for you. Blade, Blade, <laughs> and Blade. <laughs> and he drops the mic. Snipes. <laughs> right, and then he goes sexual chocolate. <laughs> Good night, everybody. So, Peach, I saw a guy today, or it was yesterday, uh, uh, getting on the train. The guy was there with, like, seeing his girlfriend off, you know, at the at the R this morning. And uh, he doesn't have a jacket on or whatever. And he's like, he's dressed up like in a suit, but he doesn't have the suit jacket on, you know? Right. And I got to be honest, like, I'm not, I, I'm not like a judgy person, but he looks like a real jerk. Like, he just does. Like, he just kind of has like that jerky look to him. Natural douchiness. Yeah. Natural born douche. Yeah, exactly. And he, I noticed he had a, he had a monogrammed dress shirt. Right. Oh. So I'm looking at the monogram dress shirt, and a couple of things 
immediately rushed to my head. One, now I know he's a douche. <laughs> because there's no, there's, you could just tell by his $15 haircut that there's no, and I have one of those too. I'm not judging. But at least I know I have a $15 haircut. And, and I'm proud a very of Very handsome man. Right, he's he's just like a like a, like going trying way too hard with the monogram shirt. And I have a question for you: Am, am I supposed to be impressed by the monogram dress shirt? I mean, if you if, if you've gotten to that point in life where you can afford ridiculous things like monogram dress shirts, yeah, is there any danger you're going to forget your name at a big spot? That you if need you've to... gotten to the point where you can afford monogram dress shirts. Why are you letting your girlfriend ride the train? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And and where Put are you in a going? car? And where are you going? Like he wasn't getting on the train. He was all dressed no. up for work in Bayside <laughs> with his monogram shirt. And is there a danger of you forgetting your initials? I've done it. Oh come on! Like it, it like at a big spot, you're going to be at a big board meeting and be like, "Whew! Good thing I wore that monogram, that monogram dress shirt." I now remember who I am. I don't much understand the monogramming of anything except maybe guest room towels. That's about it. I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Can't validate that. Sorry. In my particular line of work, I, I do work with a lot of very high-powered attorneys and, and very affluent uh, wealthy, uh, big-time attorneys, and and I guess the monogrammed, the monogram dress shirt on them, I can understand a little bit. This guy's so trying. The dry cleaner hey, doesn't lose them. What? what? What's it there for? I don't know. It's a status thing. I I don't understand it. I don't understand. Cal, help me help me to understand why this guy was wearing a monogram dress shirt today. Would you Would you call those that you work with legal eagles? Only if I was in 1987. Okay, well, that's, well, that's I was with Daryl Hannah. That's where we are right now. Not a I don't know. Movie. No, it's okay. Deborah Winger in it was there. Okay, it's rated. It, it was rated. rated. I'm always pulling for Daryl Hannah. If she can get one in there, I'm like, add a girl. You do it. Is that right? She looks sweet. Really? I fell. Yeah, I fell in love with her in Blade Runner. That. <laughs> That is not an attribute I would readily give to Daryl Hannah. Sweet? She looks sweet? No. Yeah, sweet's not a word that comes to mind immediately. You think monogram shirts with her? I think monogram shirts. A little DH <laughs> right on the pocket? <laughs> I just want... this. All I want is for you guys to tell me that we can make monogram dress shirts our new code for like a somebody being a douche. Well, that's, I think that's number three on the list. Like on your top ten signs, signs that the guy may be a douche. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> hey, but uh, he was standing outside in the rain with his girl, right? He yeah, was letting what? himself get get wet. Nah, was he? He was doing the kind of like look at me thing. Is he talking loudly on a Bluetooth? That's correct. Okay, that's number four. <laughs> <laughs> and have the form sent over to my place. Did I, did I mention it was a pink shirt with white? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, white white collar and white cuffs. Did How I mention that? I'm not liking where this is going. 
He may have had suspenders. You know what? You know what? I think maybe Bob, boy, I'm being very judgy for a guy who says he's not judgy. I had this guy completely ripped to shreds. <laughs> Four seconds. He was probably on his way to his work at a charity. I was going to say he's probably the chairman of the Make a Wish Foundation chapter, and you're just cutting him to ribbons for no reason other than his shirt. I feel I feel terrible, man. And they had a team morale building day today where it was monogram shirt day. And all all of his his staff were wearing monogram shirts. They had they had monogram shirts because they were discovering their identity, because they've struggled. They've struggled with who they are, and so they want to. They're wearing monogram shirts to show how proud they are of, of who they are. <laughs> no, there's no need for monogramming. There's none. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just not seeing it. It reminds me of that American Psycho thing where they're sitting around comparing business cards and getting really really jealous of each other. Un- underrated movie, by the way. You think so, Cal? I yeah, I don't like that terrific. film. I don't like it at all. We can, we can do a whole show on that. Why? Do, why do you feel it's underrated, Cal? I just I read that book. Did you read that book? I didn't read the book. No. Oof, uh, that's a book you can't read on the subway comfortably. Okay. Because somebody may be reading over your shoulder and mm-hmm. seeing what you're reading, and not and not realize it's a Brett Easton Ellis book and not uh, snuff porn. It's rough. That book is rough. I'm not gonna lie. To you. It's snuff. <laughs> what did you? What, what? Why is the movie underrated, Cal? I'm surprised. Oh, I, I just don't feel like you hear enough about it. You know, I, I, I think it doesn't really, it doesn't really hold up, though. I guess. Are they, well, they're remaking it. I thought too. Are they? Oh, good. Peach, <laughs> Peach, can you check that out? It's got to be Colin. Yeah, Scott, I'm on it. Right? It's got to be Colin. Who? Farrell. He's too old. He's too old? He is. He's too Oh, old. then Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf, without a doubt. Yeah. No. Well, if we're looking for somebody to completely ruin it, yeah. The role he was born to play. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> the Shia LaBeouf phenomenon. Come on now. <laughs> or maybe even Zac Efron. Yes. See, now, Ef- I would like to see Zac Efron do that and shed the uh, the Disney image. Did you know that there was a sequel in 2002 called American Psycho 2 All-American Girl? Yes, I did. I did actually know. I think I've I think I've seen that late night Showtime. It had to be straight to video, right? Oh, yeah. It's right there with Poison Ivy 3 and Wait, wait they, they got the 3 on those? I think they got to like 4. Two uh, names you got to know about American Psycho 2. Mila Kunis. Thank you. William Shatner. <laughs> Fantastic. Of course. <laughs> I want to be in the American Psycho 2 business with these people. Wow, that's magnificent. Peach, can we, uh, we're going to talk about the Rangers for a minute. You, will you come back and tell us uh, about the new American Psycho and also what year Johnny Dangerously was uh, was made? 84, people. 84. Is it 84? Confirmed. Hey, nice. You, know, you, should, you shouldn't hang me on a hook, PJ. When is Calvi wrong? When In the last six months, what's he been wrong about? <laughs> nothing. Pretty much nothing. Absolutely nothing. Kel. And you know what that means. Calstradamus. You come over to the Comac Studios and you'll find plenty of things that Calvi's been wrong about. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of folks over there at the Comac, the Comac Dumpling Sound Studios that, uh, yeah. They would, they they'll, would disagree. They'll, they'll tell you. Can we do an all-wives episode? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a late night. <laughs> oh, man. 
Wait, an episode where we talk about the wives or an episode where we let the wives on the air? You let the wives on the air. Oh, that's magnificent. You realize, of course, Tina, your lovely wife, is going to have to lead that. Like we turn the show over to them. That's right. I can't believe yeah, you're... Well, I, already, I already know what she's going to say. Yeah, I can't believe your wife hasn't been on the show yet, though, Peach. <laughs> she's, she's a spitfire, that kid. She is something. She, uh, she puts up with no nonsense. Unless mm-hmm. it's for me. She has a no BS meter. <laughs> then she gets the nonsense a little leeway. Yeah. When she, All right, when I'm going to go. When there's yeah, nonsense there. you got to talk that, about hockey because the game is too intense. I'm going away. <laughs> the needle is pinned. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a minute, Peach. we got uh, our buddy Jay Linder coming up in this episode of Radio Unload. But we do want to talk about hockey and baseball. Yeah. But uh, let's do the uh, let's talk about the Rangers real quick, okay? We have to because there's there's a couple things we have to touch on here. Touch them. A couple of things. Number one. Touch me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went 90s. I took us into the 90s with the little singles. Okay. Citizen Dick. That was uh, well, of course my, right. The, the fake band. Right. Their single was "Touch Me, I'm Dick." Really spanning decades. I love it. We are loved in Belgium and Italy. Uh, Eddie Vedder's finest acting performance, I think, without a doubt. Although I heard he was very good on Portlandia. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen it yet either, but I heard uh, I heard he was very good. Yeah, so go ahead. Rangers. Rangers. Uh, a, couple, uh, a couple things. Number one, that game last night, and uh, Chris Botta used to do uh, PR for the New York Islanders. Now he's uh, yeah, just like an NHL uh, he's not a beat guy. He's just kind of an NHL. What would you call him? An NHL. Bon vivant. Bon vivant. <laughs> he's um, like a roving NHL guy. Yeah, but, but a really intelligent guy, uh, grounded, objective. Uh, commentator. Uh, uh, prog- uh, 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 provocateur. No, uh, yeah, he's, he does the NHL. Okay, but he's good. And he talked about um, the shot last night of of Moltby's parents, the the Washington goalie. Yeah. After the Rangers scored in triple overtime, and one of the and I kind of answered him because it was it was all all of the things surrounding that game. The actual game was intense as all heck for for roughly six periods of hockey, almost a doubleheader of hockey, and I watched the whole thing. Wow. I was in on it the whole time, and it's one of those things where if you watch one overtime, you're going to watch pretty much as, as long as you could stay up for it. You're going to right. stay with it as long as you can. But the whole game was intense. The announcers, Mike Emmerich oh, and Yolchek, he's the best. Terrific. I don't think anybody does anything in the world as well as Mike Emmerich. <laughs> that may be accurate. I mean, uh, other than Vin Scully calling a baseball game, that's it. Yeah. True, that's that's close. <clears throat> no, but those are your two best. You're absolutely right. Mike Emmerich is is Doc Emmerich is untouchable. But the fact that he was, but his his energy level at like the 15 minute mark of the third overtime, and it was 12:30 in the morning. It was I, I you couldn't tell the difference between that point and and the first period. Yeah. But but between the game, the announcers, the presentation by NBC Sports Network, they've been doing a fantastic job during these playoffs. I mean, if you if, if you are going to try to sell somebody on the sport of hockey, especially playoff hockey, you show them last night. It was really it was remarkable. It was it was just terrific. 
Totally agree. In HD, the commentators are fantastic. The coverage is fantastic. The slow mo, high def stuff, yeah, is incredible. If you had the bench was was they used him perfectly throughout the game. I mean, you're you're in the middle of an overtime game, and he's got John Tortorella, and he's asking him about strategy during a break. And then, like they 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 have no problem they have they have no problem talking to Pierre Maguire in the middle of of a playoff game in overtime. Yep. No, a, a seamless broadcast, really well done. Uh, and and that's and that's playoff hockey. Playoff hockey is riveting. Like you said, we were you know we were both sort of watching the game and 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 te- or you were watching the game. I was watching it as well. But we were texting back and forth, and you said, you know, which I thought was hilarious. You know, if this was an Islander game, I said I miss playoff hockey, and I really do for the Islanders. Because I was watching that Ranger Capitals game, and with such intensity, I was really into it as well. And it's not even my team, which is why I eventually had to go to bed when I was summoned to bed because it's not my team. I can't. I can't make the argument. Right. You know. So when it was like, "Hey, you coming to bed, guy? It's midnight." You know. <laughs> and when she says, "It's not even the Islanders," like she's like, "You're literally staying awake to root against somebody." Do you understand how unhealthy that is? <laughs> but um, absolutely riveting. And you said I would if this was the Islanders, I would have vomited four times by now. Oh it's yeah, just it's it's seat of your freaking pants. It's I, unbelievable. And and, and as it, yeah, like you said, not even being a fan of either team. Right. And and you know here's the, here's another thing that I said yesterday, Cal, that amazed even me as I'm watching this game. My Dislike of the Rangers is such that I am rooting for the Capitals, whose coach is probably one of my top five most despised athletes, uh, at least in hockey, mm-hmm. that never wore a Ranger jersey. Well, see, that's and that was my second point, and I'm st- and I'm still rooting for the Capitals, despite Dale Hunter. See, that was my second point. Is Dale Hunter has gotten me to root for the Rangers? That's impossible. It's unbelievable. I, don't, I can't. I can't explain it. The only way I can explain it or rationalize. I'm ending, I'm ending the show. No, Two and listen, a half years. Would you, would you listen yeah, to me down the drain? All right. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> because I came to this conclusion last night, and I wasn't. It wasn't that I was rooting for the Rangers. I think it was more that I was rooting against Dale Hunter. Oh, that's it. We're done. <laughs> well, it's been a good run. Well done, Pete. We'll see you when I see you. Yeah, good luck. Better days, better days. <laughs> so for Brian Calvi, one le- no, uh, it was, so you were rooting <laughs> for the Capitals to lose, not so much for the Rangers to win. No, the other way around. Oh no, that's no, that is exactly it. Strike that, reverse <laughs> it. Not the other way around. That exact thing that you just said. Right. I was rooting. I was rooting for the Capitals to lose, but. Um, I just just talking about the Rangers real quick. There are really you, you have to if you get past the laundry, if you get past the Ranger jersey, which I which I I totally get that you can't. I'm sorry. I totally get it, and and you're not wrong, and and I think that I'm wrong for being able to get past it. I don't understand how it's happened. It's a really really amazing team to watch. You know, they would they be are, an extraordinarily uh, likable team. They are a gritty team. Ryan McDonough played almost an hour of hockey last night. He played 56 minutes or 54 minutes. Hate him. I know you do. Ryan Callahan, blocking shots with his face. 
Big deal. Henrik Lundqvist made, you know. Now you've gone too far. Listen, for all the for all the grief you give him, how did the how did the how did the goalpost do in that first overtime? Goalpost goal do pretty well. It helped him out. Both sides though. Both sides hit the goalpost. No, one side hit uh, Boyle's butt. Ovechkin hit solid goalpost. Had him beat. Oh, you went too far now. I could have gone with you on 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 Callahan and stuff. You went too far. You All right, let me it. let me back up, okay? Because I, you know, if the Rangers, I want the Rangers to advance because I don't want the Capitals to advance. But when when the Rangers advance, I'll totally be on board with rooting against them. I promise you. Promise. Promise you. Don't tease me. I promise you. Even if it's the, uh, the Flyers. Oh come on. Eesh. Who do the the Flyers have an ex Islander coach? Yeah, they do, and and we like him too. And we like him, and he got a complete raw deal with the Islanders. If we had just kept him, we probably would have made the playoffs another five times. Do we do how? How do we root for Philadelphia prosperity? Because uh, who cares? Anything better than the Rangers? How many times do I have to tell you this? When these teams win, if they win, we will never hear the end of it ever, ever. Ranger fans are insufferable now with one Stanley Cup in ninety years. That's a fair point. How are they going to be with another one? We don't have to deal with Philly fans every day. I got to see Ranger fans every day. Every day. That's true. That that's the whole concept of why we rooted for the Phillies in the World Series. That's how you that's why you root for the Flyers. Very good point. And but frankly, it could, frankly, I want the Devils to root. Well, it could be the Devils. And now, and, and talking about playoff hockey, uh, overtime hockey, the Devils and Flyers are in overtime right now in Game 3. Series tied 1-1. So, um, I, can, I can root for the Devils. I don't so can, Yeah, no, so can I. In fact, I, I kind of like the Devils. There was a stat that they just threw up on the screen before. Um, I think a 58 playoff game so far this year, first and second round, Twenty of them have gone to overtime. Fantastic, and every one of them is great. I mean, there's and nothing like dancing. There's no, the only thing better than playoff hockey is overtime in playoff hockey. I got one more thing on the Rangers, and then I want to move to baseball. That's fine because we with Mariano Rivera, we have a yeah. lot to talk about. No, you're right. Not the least of which is I've been told by my sources that you picked up Dave Robertson. <laughs> what? <clears throat> in our fantasy baseball league. And as doc, as Dr. E. Ray Stad said, the body wasn't even cold yet. <laughs> the body that is Mariano Rivera's closing career was not even cold yet. And you picked up Dave Robertson. Hey, look, I'm, I mean business this year. Apparently. Um, one last thing on the Rangers, though. This Kreider kid, right? He's playing in his, like, what, fifth NHL game? Yeah. Already has more goals than Nino Niederreiter did after 84 NHL games. That's right. I mean, why is this happening to us? Why is I, don't I don't know. It's good, though. Is it the team? Is it the team? Well, the Islanders? That's what I'm saying. If you put Nino Niederreiter on this Ranger team, does he score a couple goals? I would think so. Because he played, what, 75 games this year and had one goal. Yeah, I would I would think I think it's the team. I just I just think there's a, the, the Islander franchise is a complete mess right now with the arena and with the DPHO contract and and it's just no the DPHO contract is that's overrated Cal it's not overrated I'm telling you it's a, it is it is an albatross on this franchise how is it an albatross he's not it's, he's not playing it's four million dollars a year it's not the money 
Steve. It's not the money. It's the fact that this guy is, is an abject failure, and he's just hanging around as a reminder of what, of what has gone wrong for this team. But he's gotten hurt. What do you want him to do? Retire? Look, I feel – yes, I do. <laughs> That's exactly what I want him to do. Would you retire? Would, if, you, would you give up $35 million? Uh, if, what, if, I, I, I think he's only got like $20 million left. Would you give up $20 million? If, if, your, if your career has gone the way his career has and he's been hurt every year? If I had made sound investments and I, <laughs> and I was a fan of said team, I would want, I would want the best for, my, for the fans. I wouldn't be selfish and hang around like that. Look, he's a good-looking kid. He's got a future in TV. I, w- I would take that, 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 that gremlin Mike Milbury off the air tomorrow and put Rick DiPietro out there. Is Otis Nixon on there? <laughs> uh, I, I, under, I, I do understand what you're saying about Ricky, and we'll do another whole show on the Islanders, especially in October when they play at the Barclays Center, and we're going. We're they go. play the Devils in an exhibition game, and we're going. I'm excited about that because I think that that might be a viable option for them. I think it's absolutely a viable option. I think everybody from the Nets team president has said it. Uh, Ratner said it. Uh, you know, the only guy who hasn't said it is Charles Wong, and that's because Charles Wong is playing yeah. possum. He's playing possum right now at the NHL. So, but anyway, we'll talk about the Islanders and Ricky and into next season because I think, depending on what happens in the draft and what happens in free agency that uh, they should be a competitive team next year. They should be a playoff team next year. They should. They should. You're right, with, especially with another with the number four pick in the draft this year. That's right. Another number four pick, and you're going to see guys like Strom and Calvin DeHaan make the team. But that was my last point on the Rangers, was the Kreider thing. Drive me a little crazy that this guy's played 10 minutes of professional hockey, and he's, he's playing in the playoffs, and he's he's a machine. He's He's got 16 scoring chances. He's blocking shots. He's playing, you know. Uh, and, and we had to watch Niederreiter play 70 games and get one goal. Now, granted, he's playing on the fourth line with Marty Reisner and Jay Pandolfo. Yeah, well, that's that's also part of the problem, and the coaching, too. Right. But well, I, 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 I think that uh, you, you're down on, uh, on uh, what's the sack? You're down on... Uh, Gabagool. Gabagool. You're down on him. I'm a little down on him, but I just I don't I don't know if he did Niederreiter any favors this year. If we're talking about Niederreiter specifically, all right. Okay, so uh, on to the on. baseball and yeah. what we're talking about here with Mariano Rivera. Uh, holy crap! So Mariano Rivera, who likes to shag flies and batting practice and stuff, gets his running in. He's been doing it for 114 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, slips on the warning track. I don't know if you've seen the video, Cal. I have in Kansas City. Yeah. But you know what the video reminded me of? First of all, Twitter exploded. <laughs> Twitter had a complete, just a complete heart palpitation. Mm-hmm. There was a strong disturbance in the force. There was an obituary, I think. Right. That's right. Um, but apparently he hurt his knee. They don't know the severity of it. He's going to go for an MRI. Twisted knee is the early diagnosis as opposed to twi- twisted tea. Twisted tea, which is what uh, Joe Torrey drinks. No, that's Bigelow tea. <laughs> With Twisted Sister, which is uh, back to the 80s. And we'll go back to D. Snyder and the boys. <laughs> D. Snyder from Long Island, by the way. Yes. Um, but the, the, you know what it reminded me of? Everybody got footage, got the footage of the of him hurting his knee 
And I don't know if you remember this, Cal, but the famous Buckwheat is Shot episode (laughs) of Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. I remember watching it very vividly at the time. I think we've talked about this on the show maybe like two years ago, so we'll talk about it again. But this is exactly what it reminded me of, was Joe Piscopo as Ted Koppel. Right. And and saying that they got the footage in of Buckwheat being shot. And anybody he would interview, he would say, we have the footage. Have you seen the footage of Buckwheat being shot? And they even go into the uh, the emergency room while they're operating on Buckwheat. <laughs> they ask the doctor. And t- Tim Kazarinsky's playing the doctor. And he's like, uh, now, doctor, have you seen the footage? Here it is again, Buckwheat being shot. And it's always in slow motion. And it's, I, I nub you, I nub you, <laughs> Mr. Wheat. <laughs> Mr. Wheat. Right. Ouch, I'm shot. That, that's they showed it to everybody. They showed it to the the uh, the name of the guy who shot Buckwheat was John David Stutz, <laughs> who was also Eddie Murphy, right? Which I always thought was a, just a perfect name because you know how assassins always have three names, of course. <laughs> John, John David Stutz, uh, and then there were all these commercials for an insurance company. Always brought uh, to you by Texon. That's right. And by something insurance, because you could die tomorrow. (laughs) Just like Buckwheat. And so uh, they go into John David Stutz's hometown, and they're asking people, uh, are you surprised that he shot Buckwheat? Oh, no, not at all. (laughs) He he came to me the other day, and he said, I'm going to go ahead and shoot Buckwheat. (laughs) We have his high school yearbook here. He was voted most likely to shoot Buckwheat. Like he, he was a loner. He was. They all say he was a loner, and then they all say, "Are you surprised he shot Buckwheat?" No, no, not at all. Came in the, here the other day and bought a gun. Said I'm going to be on television when I shoot Buckwheat. Have you seen the footage of Buckwheat being shot? <laughs> so this is what the Rivera thing reminded me of. In that, within the span of eight minutes, like every beat reporter and ESPN guy all tweeted the footage. The footage. Right. And it was like, have you seen the footage of Mariano Rivera twisting his knee in the outfield? Pretty, pretty strong stuff. If there are children in the room, you might want to send them out. If they're Yankee fans, you really want to send them to bed and don't let them watch this. Parental discretion is advised. (laughs) Yankee parental discretion is advised. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so it totally reminded me of... (laughs) No, that's a a good comparison. So anyway, he uh, twists his knee. We don't know how serious it is. He was going for an MRI during the game, as a matter of fact. Right. The uh, Of course, the Met trainer uh, uh, joke started to come immediately. Sure. 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 Um, hope he doesn't go see a Mets trainer. Uh, only the Mets. <laughs> Mariano Rivera twists his knee in batting practice. Only the Mets. Wait, Wait. what's that? Wait, what's that? doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so... Uh, the other interesting reaction I saw, Vaccaro, uh, Mike Vaccaro, the writer for the Post. Uh, did you see that tweet he sent out, Cal? About, uh, about how uh, I'm I'm trusting on the what did he say? I'm trusting on the good nature of people out there, no matter how much you might hate the Yankees or whatever. Right. Yeah. That you you hope for the best for Rivera or whatever. Or you can't be happy about this or whatever. 
And so I tweeted back, no, I'm not happy about it. And I'll, I'll tell you why, like he, he, he should diminish in skill like everybody else. Like, I don't want this, I don't want this to be the end of his career. He hurts his knee in batting practice. He should, he should stink and, and get really bad like a human. You know, and 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 suffer being bad for a little while, and know you some know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah. like the rest of us, you know, not pod people. I listen. I I I I think he's going to be fine. I think this is you know much ado about nothing, and it's just Twitter sensationalism at work. Um, every everybody everybody becomes a doctor. When when things like this happens, everybody diagnoses them from from you know three thousand miles away. Even our friends that are doctors with other specialties. Right. Well, well, they're at least a little more qualified. <laughs> yes. You know, the neurologist is a little more qualified to diagnose a knee injury <laughs> than uh, than us. I love that. Uh, yeah, our, our buddy Dan, who we're going to talk about a little later with the junior sales stuff, hopefully. But um, our buddy Dan is a neurologist, but also tweeted or. Uh, Texted to us that oh he he's fine it's a sprained knee yeah. <laughs> really is that right well, thanks um, they were, they sure were quick to blame the warning track in Kansas <laughs> right yeah it's got to be Kansas City's fault somewhere there's a groundskeeper in Kansas City going what like right. he reads down and spits out his water like <laughs> what what do you mean the, my my warning track is pristine that is impeccable dirt out there. Um, all of this belies, and let's just say Mariano Rivera is on the shelf for 15 days, whatever. Dave Robertson will do just a fine job yeah. uh, filling in. They also have Soriano there who could close if they need to, um, if they want to keep Robertson in that eighth inning role where he's been so dominant. Yeah, I think <clears> that's a good idea. I think he should close. Look, the New York teams have bigger problems, okay? Uh, and they both do. And one of, uh, what do you call it? One of their biggest problems, the Mets, you know, Mike Puffrey went down for the season. Uh, the Mets plug in Chris Schwinden into that fifth spot in the rotation, and he's been a just a nightmare, just awful, mm-hmm. awful, not a major league pitcher. And it, and it might not, you know, maybe it's not Schwinden's fault. Not good. Um, and the Yankees rotation stinks, Cal. How many times do I have to say that this is a problem for this team? And you know what? If Robinson Cano is going to have four RBIs, after 30 games. Okay, and I'm not saying Robinson Cano is not going to have a great year. I'm sure he's going to have a great year. I'm sure he's going to play to his standard. But if Robinson Cano and Mark Teixeira are going to combine for one RBI over the last nine games, if you're not getting the big guys who are a year older in that lineup to hit, and the only pitcher that you can rely on every five days is CC Sabathia, and even he's been shaky past his last start, the rotation's a problem, and the killer bees are getting smoked like mozzarella down on down in AAA. Neither one of them is pitching well at all. So here comes Andy Pettit. How how does this work? Why is everybody so freaking confident that Andy Pettit is going to be good? He's forty years old, fresh out of the courtroom. Oh please don't see. I know. I know. I know. I'm very upset about this. All of a sudden, I'm very upset. Well, look. How does that work, Bri? How does that work? I don't know. I don't. Under, I I don't get how that's not perjury. Not only that, but I don't get that. He changed his story. He changed his story under that's, oath. That's a. 
I mean, a story he had stuck with for like six years. Right. And B, and the bigger problem I have here, we've always had a little bit of a problem. And granted, we have a, a little... and B. Thank you. We've always had a bit of a problem here, obviously, with Andy Pettit. Uh, great. Okay. We've always had a bit of a problem with him. We're Met fans. That's fine. And no one would deny that Andy Pettit's been a magnificent uh, pitcher. He's a borderline Hall of Famer. He may be a Hall of Famer. He's one of the great postseason pitchers of all time. Okay? Nobody would d- debate that. Anybody who knows baseball knows that. He's a money pitcher. You know I talk about money goalies? He's a money pitcher. Okay? Integral to those world championship teams. But he cheated, and he admitted it. And for some reason... He's a good guy. It gets glossed over, and now he's rewritten it completely. Now, in his testimony, he's like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done it. And I would tell my kids not to do it either. But you did it. Oh, and this was my favorite. I don't think it helped. Yeah. Oh, so that, that should have gone. So it's okay then. It's okay. It's okay then. It, 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 you tried it. It didn't do anything for you. So it was okay that you used it, right? It's such revisionist history, and it really, really ticks me off. Well, I don't like the fact that everybody else is a pariah because they use steroids, except for Andy Pettit, because he's a good guy and he came clean. Because he's a good guy and he came clean. Right. That's, but everybody else, you know, he did, he did exactly the same thing Roger Clemens did. Exactly. But Clemens is a jerk. Right. Pettit's a nice guy. And then, you know, he gets a pass. I don't, I, that's not fair. You know, it's the theme of the night, I guess, consistency. Yeah, and 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 again, I I would do this if it was a Met. I would do it if it was an Astro. I'd do it for anybody. Well, he was an Astro, but I would do it for anybody, because what what bothers me here is the double standard that PED users are going to be held to. Right. Hey, A Rod admitted it. A Rod said he used it. Mm-hmm. A Rod said he was apologetic. How come he's still tarnished? Because he's not a family man. You know, because he's a social misfit, I think. Right, because because he's a centaur? I don't know. <laughs> a couple of centaur paintings, and uh, the next thing you know, you don't get to know. But I'm saying, how come A-Rod doesn't get a pass on that? It's it's it, it To come out and say, oh, well, it really didn't do anything for me. Yeah, well. It's totally, that's like a new track. Like, A-Rod should say the same thing. Well, I, I you know, remember how I said I used PEDs? Yeah, they really didn't do anything for me. So it's cool, right? It's cool. as if I never used them. Yeah, we cool. I mean that's what that's what Pettit was saying. Mm-hmm. He was almost it was almost as if he was saying, "Look, it didn't even do anything for me, and I'm really sorry I did it. I'm really sorry." Yeah. Well, here he I, comes on his white horse here he to, comes. Save, to save the Yankees' rotation at the age long, of four. Long, flowing, salt and pepper hair, ridiculously big body, small head, and the, bona- the bonanza theme playing in the background. Playing in the background. And that dimpled chin that we've we've come to know and love. Uh, look, the the Yankees need help in that rotation. I'm sorry, there's no way around it. I, they'll, but they'll go get help. They'll do something at the trading deadline, and they'll go pick somebody up. And they will. They will. will but that. But but with the way that the American League East is constituted, you know, the Orioles. I, I think if they get any sort of continued uh, good pitching out of their young guys, uh, Toronto's obviously much improved. Uh, Tampa Bay is a very good ball club. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't hit, they don't win. Period. Well, that was that was always my argument because you you know you would always sell the they have no starting pitching theme, and my argument was 
well, they don't need the starting pitching because their bullpen is so dominant, they just have to hit to stay in games, and their bullpen can take over. But they're not hitting, and where their big guys are not hitting right now. Yeah. And that's and that's where they're going to run into a big problem. I right, think. and frankly, they're banged up. You know, Swisher now is hurt. Guardy, uh, Guardy, uh, I even did it. Gardner is hurt. Um, you know, Jeter has been unbelievable, been ridiculous for the better part of a year. He has. Uh, but they're they're a little banged up now. If Rivera is hurt for any length of time, well, and, they, well, it hurts their bullpen because it, you know they you have to shift got, it around. Right. right, they've got depth out there, but you're going to create a hole somewhere else. Well, that's where they, you you figure they were their strongest. I mean, you figure they were, they had the strongest bullpen at least in the American League East, maybe in the American League. Right. They had the best bullpen with Rivera at the back of it, and Robertson is just ridiculously good. Right. But that rotation's in trouble. That rotation is not good. I'd be worried. Now you you already took Freddie Garcia out of it. Now you got to take Phil Hughes out of it. Now the Phelps kid was pitching well tonight, I guess. Um, getting his first start or whatever, but the killer bees are not ready to come up. There, there's, I know they'll go get somebody, Cal, but I, you know, I, I don't see them running out to 15 games over 500 until they do. I really don't. No, I think they're, I think they're going to scuffle a little bit here because you need good pitching to go on winning streaks. Hence, that's why the Mets will not ever get to 10 games over 500 this year because there's a Chris Schwinden because there's too many mixed, holes, mixed there's too in many there. holes in their rotation and they don't have enough bats to get through those holes. So the Yankees in the past have had enough bats to get through the four and five guys. Right. Okay. If they're not getting quality starts out of the two and three guys either, then you can't go on winning streaks. Right. And it's all about winning streaks. That's true. So it's all about, and I don't even want to talk about the Mets. I mean, we, we talked a little bit about them. Chris. Oh, by the way, any truth to the holiday thing that we saw today? I, you, you, you tweeted something. Well, you, you sent us a message that he left the team for personal my, reasons. My buddy put it up. My buddy, uh, a buddy of mine from college, from Philly, huge Phillies fan. I haven't seen anything about it. My buddy Chris Blewett, who actually wrote a book, by the way, that we should really read and have him on the show. He wrote yeah. a book. He about wrote a, what? Uh, it's a fiction golf book. It's called in. It's called In the Rough. I think it's In the Rough, and it's about like a murder at a Masters or something like that. <laughs> wow! You really should read it and have him on. I've been meaning to. Chris wrote it like two years ago. He's a good guy. Chris blew it. Go pick it up. I think it's called In the Rough. Um, but anyway, huge Philly fan. His Facebook update was: Halliday leaves the team for personal reasons. This team is in big trouble. Huh? But I haven't seen Twitter hide nor hair. I've seen anything about it? Yeah. If that's true, I'm telling you that. that by the that game yesterday. It was four nothing Phillies going to like the sixth or something like that over oh. the Braves, and then McCann hits a grand slam to tie it. Right, so it's four four off Holiday, Holiday, and then I come back to the game in the morning, and the Phillies lost fifteen thirteen. Yeah, on a, on a Chipper Jones walk off. Right, like, all things. Hey, what happened? Yeah. Uh, without further ado, Cal, let's bring in our uh, our guy. Okay. Let's bring in uh, our our buddy. I got a good I got a good song for him. Can buy me love. All right. Without further ado, let's bring in our, our buddy Jay Linder. Hey fellas. Hi Jay. Hey Jay. Hey, can you guys can you guys hear me okay? Yes, yes we can. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, since the last time I called in, I, I actually went out and got my first iPhone. Oh. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like a, a 
real douchebag um, with a capital D, so <laughs> I haven't really taken advantage of the technology no, yet. No, I feel like I bought a Ferrari and, you know, use it just to go to the end of the driveway and check the mail. So, anyway. <laughs> Do you have any monograms? How's everybody doing, man? I, I really miss you guys. How's, there, how's everyone doing? Jay, we missed we missed you too. It's been way too long. I was going to ask you, do you have any monogram dress shirts? I don't. I don't. You know, I I, I was cruising by to try and find just to illustrate how long it's been. I was trying to find you guys on the internet tonight, and I came by your website, and I could have sworn I had accidentally walked into like a Rosetta Stone demo because I heard Cal talking this crazy stuff about the sport you guys call hockey and the Islanders and I, it was a foreign language dude I needed, seriously I needed like uh, I needed it in subtitles I didn't know. Sorry, sometimes <laughs> I slip into my, into my Canadian right Cal is people a are absolutely friend. nutty hey, we, and we, then yeah. and then you know to be honest you know, I, I, I was very uh, excited to have the opportunity to call in tonight but I, I had spent the earlier part of the evening um, watching the Knicks um and when I say watching the Knicks, I, I watched um, the first three quarters, and then I switched over to VH1, which was um, actually uh, showing the premiere of that great biopic, uh, Notorious Lightweight. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, Judge Reinhold actually um, um, portrays the uh, legendary Bishop Pop Culture PJ. It's really, really something, man. You guys should check wow. it out. They, they, play wow. it like, they play it like every other hour. It's VH1. I mean, come on. Yeah, they have I mean, a top 20 list about it when, in between the, the actual film itself. So. Um, but how are you guys doing? Is is the uh, is is one of the community, you know, the kids from Glee or whatever, is he commenting on uh, like a, you know, a best of episode? You know, best yeah, of Notorious it's like Lightweight? The, it's, it's like the kid from Glee. It's, it's you know, a couple of porn stars from the 80s. Yeah, Kara Top's on there showing 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 his delts. Um, um, it's good stuff, you know. Had a whiff of a mimosa now, you know. It's all fuck it. Jay, everything's great, man. We've missed you a ton. We we want to uh, obviously talk about the Knickerbackers. Uh, oh my goodness, what a what a. We really have to. I mean, seriously, I'm thrilled to be here, but is that really the price of admission? We got to talk about the Knicks. Huh? <laughs> well. We we uh, I I talked about in the big unload at the top of the show how uh, difficult it is for me to watch uh, NBA basketball and you you and I have talked about this before albeit about six years ago but you and I talked about this yes. before about NBA basketball is very difficult for me to watch because I find the officiating to be wildly inconsistent and I find that right. there's no flow to the offensive game and I was watching mm-hmm. Game Two. Uh, of this uh, this series and and I and I found that you know just LeBron flopping and the flipping and the flopping and we figured we'd ask you because you do watch uh, playoff basketball. I think outside of the Knicks, mm-hmm. That's uh, true. is is this like a Knicks Heat thing or is just basketball stinky? I you know I don't know. I mean I, I don't know how much uh, playoff basketball you guys have been paying attention to, but I mean I certainly think that there's there's a significant None. difference between say this year. No, uh, <laughs> uh, you you two are watching the notorious lightweight biopic. Uh, <laughs> I had the there's, there's 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 not a big difference. I mean, I do think there's a big difference between say what we're seeing between New York and Miami, and say you know like the San Antonio series, which is is you know some good basketball, or frankly even the topsy turvy series that is the Grizzlies and the Clips. I mean, I, there's some good stuff happening out there. I think I think with this series, it's been kind of comical to watch LeBron James sort of channel his inner Charles Oakley. You know, it's it's really been amazing. <laughs> To see to see the the performance he's been putting on, but you know, the, 
it's hard to complain, man. I mean, when it comes to the Knicks in a crazy season, um, you know, I look up and down their roster. I see guys like, you know, Bibby and, and Baron Davis, and I'm, I, I feel like I'm back in college where, you know, that, that really hot girl that rejected me freshman year, said no thanks sophomore year, you know, finally came around our last few weeks right before sort of Riverfest and graduation. She put on about 25 pounds been smoking a pack and a half in Dunhills. You know, it's like we finally, I finally have the players I've been coveting for years, and and it's just not making a lick of difference. Um, you know, I did get to hook up with that 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 girl on on the on the on her way down the hill, but but I'm not getting that sort of same satisfaction with the Knicks watching them on the um on the brink of being swept. But you know, something. I mean, who knows, man? I mean, I think I, I, I am somewhat encouraged by Mike Woodson. I, I think that if you know. Guitar Jimmy and company want to sell out the garden next year. They'll be wise and sign Jeremy Lin to a contract. At the end of the day, it's sort of a defensive battle when it comes to being a Knicks fan. And the net net is um, I, I, I am somewhat encouraged with the direction this franchise is going and that I think that they'll probably be able to stave off a fraction of kids in Brooklyn from buying Nets jerseys next year. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, um, Probably yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. of that. A lot of that will have to do. You were with asking how... about the game, were you? Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> don't watch. Don't watch the game. Whatever you do. Whatever you do. <laughs> Probably a lot of that will have to do with how bad the Nets logo is that they let Jay Z design too. That, that'll probably help. Yeah, what was up with that? It was sort of like you know this this strange hybrid of the Warriors old logo and and you know. Someone got a hold of, uh, of you know, the, the, the antique boutiques old logo down on Lower Broadway <laughs> and, and made do with that. Like, I'm not sure what was going on there. My kids, uh, have, this, my kids have this scratch paper. It's black, and you use, like, a sharp object to kind of scratch things in it. That's what it reminded me sure. of. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you, you, you're, if your kids sit too closely next year, they might get invited to play. So... So we'll see what happens at Barclays Center, you know. They know how to flop. They do. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I I do think there is a significant possibility that there could be a generation of New Yorkers that wind up being Nets fans. And I think that that is enough fuel to make Dolan actually try and do something right for a change. I, I I, I mean, look, I think I'm encouraged by what's happening with the Rangers. I, I know I'm totally flying against one of the cracking I was just making on hockey, but I think there's something exciting happening with the Rangers. I, you know, I've been to the Garden. I went there for uh, my morning jacket show a couple of months ago, and, and I'm impressed with what they're doing with the arena. They've got a reputation for making the space really nice, as they did with Radio City and the Beacon. You know something? Put the right people in charge there, and, and something might happen. Now, I mean, now what we need is for Amari to, to maybe, like, punch a, a, an MTA transit worker or something instead, so we can get five years <laughs> in three years. And we can we can all move on with our lives. So I think it's really happens. I I think it's really tough, Jay. What's happened with Amari though? Because I I I do in some ways feel a little bad for him because he came so here. Don't. I do. I I know he's a gazillionaire and stuff like that. But he came here in a year uh, where they were trying to get LeBron desperately and stuff like that. And he he said, I want to restore the you know the passion and stuff. He took. I know he got a huge contract to come here. They overpaid for him and stuff like that. But sure. He really did seem to like being a Nick. He wanted to bring the brand back. He was happy to come here. I think he recruited the crap out of Carmelo to make him push for the trade or whatever, and that will have our Which own is, sort of. Is, 
which is crazy because, you know, I mean, again, I, I'm sorry, guys. I know you've said this. You put a pretty fun point on it yourselves, and you should be credited for it. I mean, the Knicks were playing some pretty inspired basketball before that trade went down. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, forgive me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, you're right. No, no. It just, I just, I. There's a part of me that desperately wants the team to get out from under that contract and get rid of him, and they won't be able to. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no. But, but there's a part of me that does feel badly for him because I think it's a rare thing in that, especially that summer with everything going on with LeBron. It's a rare thing that the guy wants to come to the Knicks and sort of, you know, with the circus that it was with Isaiah and stuff like that. I, I don't know. There's there's a part of me that feels a little Yeah, but, he, you know, but to, the flip to that, though, is he was willing to come to a team who was willing to pay him top dollar despite yeah. the fact that whispers around the rest of the league were like, this guy is this guy's damaged goods. He won't yeah. last. And, you know, the truth, is, the truth is, you know, if you try and set aside what's going on this year – where, where you know, league-wide, people have, have have experienced all sorts of bizarre injuries, large and small. Amari's been somewhat durable. But, again, the flip to that is, you know, with, with him out in the lineup, I, I want to say the Knicks have been something along the lines of 14 and 5. So, yeah. so yep. it, it was just a crazy season for New York. It really was. And, you know, we're psyched to be back in the playoffs. Um, yeah, honestly, you know, if, if we could have judged this series by what happened during the first quarter of game one, I think we'd be having a different conversation right now, but but some switch was thrown and and you know things went from from bad to like celebrity rehab in a snap of fingers. So <laughs> God, God, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's it's just it got ugly really fast. I feel like that switch was that flop. I really do. It could I feel be. Like it, was that, yeah, it could the be. Flip was that, uh, the switch was that flop and that flagrant and uh, or whatever was uh, you know they called a T on that right or they called a flagrant Which, on that or whatever. Chandler? Yeah. And with uh, with, yeah, with Chandler and LeBron or whatever, I feel like that was. Didn't they go on like a twenty-two to one run after yeah, they, that? Yeah, they something? did. I mean, you know, uh, that that could have very well been it. I mean, I, I think that. Um, I mean, clearly the amount of turnovers the Knicks had in the second quarter of Game One. Uh, yeah. You know, you can look at that holistically and say, my God. I mean, you, you knew that these guys were going to be ice skating uphill to begin with, and that this really was not going to be what we all saw as fans from nineteen ninety-seven through two thousand. But that being said. You know, yeah, man, it, it it got. Speaking of that college chick from freshman to senior year, man, it got ugly. It got ugly in a hurry. I mean, it got like three thirty a.m. ugly. You know, it got a lot of trips, a lot of trips to the old uh, to the old mess hall late night for the uh, free ice cream. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? I do. I'm, come on, I don't judge. I'm not here to judge. I'm here, I'm here to hang out. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I'm not here to judge. Uh, Jay, we got to ask you about the great Mariano Rivera. I mean, if we're not going to try, the Knicks, the Knicks are down three zero. Let's. I know you're. You're. Uh, what's going on? Are you okay? Do you have candles lit? Are you, you know, quietly in prayer? What's happening? I'm good, man. Because the word on the street is that the um, the Wilpon uh, uh, family is going to be opening up a shopping mall at Willits Point. So <laughs> I'm actually not that concerned about what's ha- what happened to Mariano and Kaufman today. I'm actually looking forward to going out to the Iron Triangle to um, to check out Cinnabon. Have you guys heard about this? Like, like, no, seriously. Have you guys like they're recovering their Madoff money by opening up a shopping mall um, where all the chop shops are in Queens? It was, a, it was announced today in the Daily News. Crazy stuff. Wait, how did I miss that? What are you talking about? I don't know. I'm really trying. I'm, 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 guys. I'm, I'm grasping right now. I'm really trying to reflect. <laughs> it's boring. It's true. It is true. No. No, it's you know, true. You, you, use use the old timey Google after I get off the phone, and, and and you never invite me back. Honestly, check it out. It's 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 something. Um, 
Um, they really are. They've, they've got some. They've allegedly uh, cleared the rights to some um, development deal in the Iron Triangle to um, put together a shopping mall. To put together a destination shopping center. Well, they. I mean, they've wanted yeah, to do that yeah. for the longest time. But the the uh, the chop shops there, uh, the in scenic uh, Flushing, uh, yeah, are are eminent domain. I mean, I, 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 really I, mean, I, I, I want to get if I want to get like the latest Hollister T-shirt. I really do want to. I do want to go to. I would. Willett Point is really my destination for all my shopping needs, which is you know funny what? because it shares the same borough as the Queen Center Mall. That's right. Um, it's, it's, about, that would cover about eight, it. it's about eight feet from it, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. You, you were talking about the Yankees, though. Were you, what, what about those guys? What I about just, the Bombers? What, what, what were you first? Ask you a little bit about the Mo Rivera thing and, and the and the need. You know, and man. Mariano Rivera. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Look, here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. It's it's May third. It's May third. So so God forbid if some freak accident was going to happen to a guy who has been getting his exercise for the better part of 15 years by shagging flies. I know. He's always done You know something? It, ha- it happened at the beginning of the year. It happened at the beginning of the year. And, and, That's right. And we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens from here on in. I, you know, honestly, I think that it is obviously horrible news. I mean, anytime, anytime a marquee player, particularly one who is, is, you know, just superlative in every way goes down, it's, it's a bad thing. Right. But, but, you know, let's take that out of the equation for a minute. Despite the fact that Rivera's been off to a good start, you guys were talking about this before, particularly with regard to Cano and, and some of the other guys in the team, uh, you know, uh, Sarah, you know, I mean, the Yankees are are not, are playing somewhat underwhelming ball at the outset here. Um, mm-hmm. And their questions the rotation, we're all relying on the deer hunter to come back, you know, uh, <laughs> from, from a, I mean, you know, they already, they were, they're, they're, they are a, a team that is sort of, not to be melodramatic about it, but they are somewhat rotting from within to begin with. We all know this. We all know yes. this. And, and yes. when you consider the injuries to the young spark plugs, a guy like Gardner, um, you know, for example, uh, you guys mentioned that um, before, and coupled with the fact that it's always a tough division, the Rays are out to a terrific start, Toronto's playing some tough ball, there's not a chance in hell and this is coming from a, a recovering Orioles fan, there's not a chance to help Buck can keep those kids um, sustaining this kind of baseball no, throughout no, the year. No, certainly not. And, and, and you have to think that, I mean, when you consider the, the incredibly bad luck that has fallen on the Red Sox, something's got to give with those guys, and they'll probably, they'll probably rebound in the second half. The Yankees really have their work cut out for them. They truly yeah. do. And, and I think that, that you know, you, you're going to find a situation where maybe there'll be a buyer, uh, a serious buyer in the next month or two um, when July 31st approaches. You have to wonder what's going on with Catchman right now. This is clearly his swan song. I think I think there's a better chance of Delman Young seating all of us at a table at the Third Avenue Deli next next April than there is, you know, Cashman <laughs> running the running the front office. I really do. Um, what you guys you guys like? It could happen. Deli, right? It could happen. Oh, he's, yeah, a friend, stuff, he's a friendly stuff. guy. He they keep kosher there. They keep, it's all good. That's right. Um, they answer to a higher power. Uh, I do. I think. I think. I think that. I think the Yankees. I think the Yankees were in trouble before this happened. And yeah, um, that, that's and, a great point because yeah. we've been we've been saying uh, since February uh, that, and, and this was before Michael Pineda came to camp overweight and 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 threw out right. his arm. That you're awfully reliant on a on a sort of a non-proven rotation. And, yeah. and 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 as you know, Jay, I have this theory about uh, you know what it takes to to win uh, divisions and and be a great team, and that's to you have to be able to go on streaks. And, and in order to put together six out of eight, seven out of nine, eight out of ten, you need to have 
good starting pitching, at least three solid guys. That's right. Uh, because that's how you start to get five games over and then 10 games over and 15 games over and stuff is that you put together those streaks. And if you don't have that, you have to out hit it. And it, and if you, mm-hmm. this is what, ha- this is what's happened to the Phillies. The Phillies have been able to pitch to that without any hitting for the last few years. Correct. That's right. That, that's a great observation. And, and I, I've been saying, and Callis said the same thing. We've been saying, you know, they're, they're sort of a Cliff Lee or Roy Holiday uh, injury away from being the 2009 Mets. They have no Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. That that lineup is terrible. Lineup is mm-hmm. terrible. That's true. So that that but all that being said, they're still the Yankees. You still either figured Pineda would be the answer there and and provide them with right. a solid three because I thought Nova is a solid two. I didn't see any reason why yeah, Nova no, couldn't Nova, be a solid two. I, I don't two. know. I, I don't. I don't know how you guys feel about Nova, but there are certainly times where I feel like he is fool's gold. I mean, yeah, yeah. You have no you idea. Compare, right. You know, when you look at his support over that over those fifteen straight winning decisions, I mean it's it's the kind of stuff that that makes a number three pitcher look like an ace. And and yeah. I, I like Nova. I think he's got a great future in, in the major leagues. And actually, more specifically, I think he'll be a Yankee for some time. But um, but yeah, I, I, I again, I think I think what's happening here is shining a light on on the deficiencies of this club and and and. And and we are sort of at a crossroads with the New York Yankees. I think I think it can go either way. And when you, you talk about streaks, I actually do think there's a now with with Mo possibly missing some time, there's an excellent chance that despite whomever picked up Dave Robertson for their fantasy team, <laughs> the Yankees could the Yankees really could be facing a streak a streak that their fans do not want to see. And and and, and with their May schedule, I think you could be looking at a um, a team that could be looking um, down the barrel of being under 500 uh, by the next time we chat. Wow, wow! I, you know what? You know why uh, Jay is great, Cal? Why? Because he brings. Well, there's it. many. There's many reasons. Yeah, one of the reasons he brings it. He's not afraid to say it. We're gonna get you uh, for your next appearance, Jay. We're gonna get you uh, like the publicity still with you with the microphone on fire. Something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something. Listen, I'm telling you now. I'm coming to the studio for the next one, man. I'm not. Oh. I'm not doing this. I'm, not, I'm putting down the iPhone. I'm not gonna ask Siri for directions. I and love I, it. I'm going to be there. I'm you know when we'll, you know when we'll have to do that, Jay. Seriously, uh, uh, I think uh, Teresa's going. You know, going to take uh, West to uh, Texas in August. You know, to go see her family and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the live show, my house, Scotch. Oh, good! I'm bringing the hooch. You bring <laughs> yeah. nice. You bring the hooch. I can't wait. Cannot there wait. It it's is. gonna be good. It's gonna be fun times. It's gonna be fun times. It's gonna be good. We're gonna we're gonna burn the mother down, man. It's gonna be great. <laughs> this is, and, uh, PJ PJ found us some RTU after dark music the other day. Go ahead. <laughs> like Robin like Robin Bird after dark? What are we talking about? <laughs> turn, what are we turn oh, that up. Cross the I'm sorry, this, this, hour, this is a so. family program, isn't it? My bad. I'm sorry. This is RTU pants optional, my friend. After after eleven, it's pants. That off. sounds suspiciously, you know. That sounds suspiciously like the Steve Harvey morning show theme song on BLS. I don't. <laughs> have you guys talked to your 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 legal counsel on that? I'm. I don't know, man. Do you know any good lawyers? Uh, you know, no, none of them. They're all none of them are worth a damn. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, we're gonna bring uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ, otherwise known as Notorious Lightweight, uh, who, as we know, gets drunk off uh, putting cologne on his cheeks. Um, that much of a lightweight. Um, to talk about our top five uh, favorite superhero movies of all time, because The Avengers comes out tomorrow, uh, and uh, we're going to have a Bon Vivant off between you and the Bishop. But Oh, man. Cal- Bring it. 
Cal, <laughs> I think Cal wanted to ask you. Did you? Did you? There was there not something you wanted to ask uh, Jay about fantasy, considering that he's a big fantasy player. He just mentioned that he uh, that you may have picked up somebody right away, and uh, I think we should ask Jay real quick about his fantasy teams. How are your fantasy teams, Jay? Um, when you say fantasy teams, are you referring to to uh, the derivative of rounders, or are you talking about um, porn? What are, what are we What are we talking about? Whichever one you want to answer, it's after eleven, so it's all fair game. Um, I honestly, I have actually, I have taken the summer off from fantasy baseball. I'm not playing what? fantasy any. Yep, I nope. I, I know. <laughs> Record I'm scratch. Gonna lose. I'm gonna lose my <laughs> RTU card here. I, I, I wow, guys, but I know, no, I, I know, I know. Uh, I, I have decided that I'm spending this summer um, uh, following a higher cause. Uh, I have elected not to play fantasy baseball, and instead I've decided to do this whole word words with friends thing. Um, wow. And I've decided that, and I've learned pretty quickly that I suck at it. So I think I, I might actually have to um, find a, a half season league somewhere. You're on the. Um, uh, I also. <laughs> you're on the words with friends because I'm on the words with. No, friends. actually, I, that, that's a complete lie. I'm not. It's really just more porn. Uh, I, like... <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm. I'm just I'm, honestly, guys. I you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough year. I, 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 I don't thought know. you were going to say the something. stock market. You know, the whole you know Bin Laden anniversary. I'm 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 all you're right now. Look, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I thought you were going to say something like noble, like about your kids or something, and then uh, all, it all just <laughs> no, comes to point. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. The father of the year doesn't do things like that. No. Words <laughs> no. with friends that, would have that, been. I, noble. I missed you guys. That's right. That you, you you could not have missed us more than we missed you, man. Because it's it's great to let's bring PJ in because PJ's uh, bring bon, it, bring he's, it, PJ. He's Bond v. busting. He's busting over here. I can see him. He's, no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolute vanilla can't take it no more. Come on, I want it. Bring it. Uh, I my dream is to uh, have uh, Jay and uh, PJ be able to go to a show, go see a band of their choice. Because I have told PJ Jay that you are a music file as well. Uh, that you're Why? a. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> PJ, you okay? I'm good. What happened? You... A little frog. What? Working through it. You're a little pro. Oh, your 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 connection's a little dicey. Oh no, we can't have this. We can't have a bond. Oh, he, 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 he 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 has not been abusing Siri. Okay, get get with it, PJ. <laughs> hold on, let me get. I'll put some on hold music. How come no one ever says please to Siri? Why? What is what is it with? I do. I say please to Siri. No one says that to the person. I usually say it though, like, oh, you know, that's that. Thank. That's because uh, Zoe Dashnell is not that polite. No, she's not, and nor is she funny. Yeah, I she can't sing. Keep no. going. Sorry. You, you'll get no argument out of me. I'm done. I'm I'm dashing no, out. No one that. says please. Call me a rock god. How about how about why don't you go? You know, why don't you go mow the lawn? You know, like I'm not I'm not gonna call you a rock god. <laughs> please, Siri. So I, see, I usually please. say I say it like really like please. Could you just no. please find me a Dunkin' Donuts, no. Siri? Please, could you just find me a Dunkin' Donuts? That's Will all you for. Could, that's it, Cal. Could you? It, there he is. Wow, boy, he's been playing the hold music for an hour and a half. PG, you back? Are you here? What happened? Will you shut it? I'm working with derelict equipment here. Will you go to lunch? 
I had a flood. Will you go to lunch? Will you go to Someone lunch? Someone tips you from the lock. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Peach, before we get to uh, to uh, the, the top five favorite superhero movies, which we're, well, we're hold on, when, when I lost my phone, you were going to send you were going to send me to a concert. Wait, what yeah, are you that's, go what, see? that's what I, I want you and Jay to figure out. What band would you guys go? Now, Jay goes to see a lot of bands. PJ does not go to see a lot of bands. He just listens to a lot of bands. Okay, well, that's cool. We can yeah, we can figure something out. I love I love live shows, but uh, I've become a homebody. It's really sad. That's, yes. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't judge here at RTE Radio. We're we're, <laughs> we're all about the love. Now, we'll Jay figure and it out, PJ. We'll... Jay and I have seen uh, Gomez. What, what we see Gomez three times, Jay? Two or three at times? Least, at least. Yeah. Uh, you were missed at the last show, though. I oh, I know. I wish I could have gone. Oh, the Gomez. They did. Uh, they did a cover of um, Stepping Stone in honor of, of uh, Davy Jones. It was good stuff. Oh, come on, for real? Aww. Yeah, for real. For reals. See, Peach, I've been trying to get PJ to go see Gomez Cal for like seven years, eight years. What's his What's his deal? Why won't he go? Oh, why don't we ask him? He's right here. Hey, PJ, why won't you go? What's your deal? I don't readily engage with Gomez like I do with other bands. Yeah, but you might find that that would change if you saw them live. Sure. Sorry, I'm by in. like readily and like, what do you mean by like readily engaged? What does that mean? Forget it. I'm in. That's it. I'm convinced. <laughs> All right, got thank me. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so on. They're coming back around. You're going. I need. I need five thousand um, dollars. So all you need to do is just challenge him briefly, and he That's folds. <laughs> well, I like to see. Not, both I don't know. I don't know what readily engaged means. Like it's like it's like you know. I do. Like I know what saying, it's like. It's like someone saying they're on a modified Atkins diet. I don't. I don't understand that. So. <laughs> Modified Atkins is cheeseburgers during the day, then when your spouse goes to sleep, potato chips. <laughs> I love you, Notorious Lightweight. That, how did Thank that you. work out for you, Peach, by the way? My, uh, Atkins? Atkins worked great. I lost 65 pounds. I went straight to the hospital. I gained 122. <laughs> <laughs> so I recommend it to anyone. We're plus 62 oh on Atkins. <laughs> Uh, Jay, who have you seen lately that you would recommend to uh, to the bishop? Um, you know what? I'm actually uh, going to a show next week. Um, there are really two great bands playing together at Cake Shop, which is this um, spot downtown. And uh, That's the not bands real. are That's not real. You no, know, it's totally real. It's totally real. Uh, the band, <laughs> you can't the play the are, Cake uh, Shop. The bands are, the bands are, there's a band called Mount Carmel, which are a bunch of a bunch of 20 year old kids that that were dug up from 1973. Um, they sound like some power trio from from uh, Dazed and Confused, and um, they're playing on the same bill with a band called Endless Boogie. Oh, wow. Um, which are a bunch of super freaks from Brooklyn. So Nice. And uh, that's not real, is it? That can't be a real place, is it? No, it's a real place. It is, right. Yeah. The, cake, the cake shop. Yeah, no, no, right. It, it, Fantastic. There's no, name of, there's no name over the top, right? It's just, it's just <laughs> like there's a light bulb. And, and every night, the light bulb's a different color. Right. And uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to drop that now. Um, now, now, Pete, you tell uh, Jay uh, some of the uh, stuff you've been listening to lately. What have you uncovered that you like? I, Sorry, that you're question gonna, exactly. No, you're going you're to make fun of me. You're going to make fun of me because the first thing that came into my head was I discovered that I really do actually like Adele. I like her. Okay. I'm not going to make fun of you. That's okay. No. All right. I oh. thought I was going to get it for that. 
No, I, 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 Teresa has that album. That album's it's good. Okay, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's it's good. I, it's I, great. I don't like it. It's a great record. If you're just don't artist. just don't relate to it. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good stuff. It's really great but, stuff if you're having brunch somewhere. But, yeah, That's brunch. right. And a mimosa. But, and a mimosa. <laughs> right. Don't a mimosa. wave that under my nose. You gotta whip a mimosa. But no, but Adele, come on. huh? That's what we're going with? We're going that's with Adele? Adele. <laughs> that's what you bring to the Are table. Are we really going to go with Adele? You've just, Lin- you've just lost, you've just, you just lost about- your faithful listener. Marcy, you had its faithful listener that's been that's been logging in since, since late 2010. You lost him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Linda's talking about in bands fact, called Mount Carmel. In fact, he's you know what? Wait, wait, wait. If you, wait. Stop. Do you guys hear that? He's What's sticking that? his head in the oven right now. That's incredible. <laughs> this is true. The gas he, is on. He's talking about bands called Mount Carmel playing at the cake shop, and you bring it down. <laughs> what if he went with Adele as interpreted by the cast of Glee? <laughs> that'd have been yeah. better. Yeah, that'd have been good. <clears throat> but yeah. I like Glee. You know that I like Glee. I know you like Glee. All right, you know what, Steve, Cal, guys, I, I think it's safe to say that we're going to have to host an intervention with the notorious. <laughs> you are getting Bon Vivanted off the off the planet right now. Come on, yeah, come with yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take you out and get you Bon Ivored, my friend. <laughs> you oh, I know. I got yeah. No, I got I got some of that too. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You got the Grammy CD. You know, you know, you know what time it is. No, no, we got you. Don't worry. I got my for Emma. For Emma's a good album. <laughs> oh. This is this is completely against character. Like for when PJ texts me that I, I'm listening to the uh, the bell whistles. They're uh, yes, Scottish... the bell whistles. There's really something else. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're they're uh, a Scottish Scottish folk yes. band from 1971. They're really amazing. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm going to go through the things I I just listened to recently. Okay. Um, a, there's a band called um, Better Friends Than Lovers. Ooh, anybody? Some, somebody? Yeah, that was, sounds like they're opening for Adele. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're I, I don't know. It's a guy and a girl, and they and they yell. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dead Meadow. Anybody like the Dead Meadow? Show to Dead Meadow. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. PJ. What happened? I heart you. Dead Meadow is an awesome band. They, they are, he's they back. Are great band. Oh yes. He's back. PJ's back. He just he just back, like, everybody. He just, seriously, he just came down. He was like he was like Miami. They were down eight. They whooped up on the Knicks tonight, and right. and here I am trying to bring it back to the conversation. Yeah, what do you he think went, about that? Went to Wayne Wade and scored seven straight with two threes. Yeah, no, he really. I he, just, no, Dead Meadow. Dead Meadow is the the triple truth roof. They are really good stuff. They're they're a great band. I just bought the SACD, which is the super high fidelity format of uh, Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. That's that's <laughs> quite stunning. <laughs> Have you ever heard Air- that album? Nobody nobody saw that coming, Peach. No one. Nineteen seventy-five Aerosmith. Come on, I love it. I absolutely love it. Toys in the <laughs> Attic. That's really, that's something, man. That is that is that a is, fabulous record. That's the band with the guy from American Idol, right? <laughs> yeah, the lady. Now, now he's the lady from American Idol. Right. He looks like you know, his Run own DM, great aunt. Run DMC. Run DMC actually thought the Aerosmith's name was Toys in the Attic because that was the record they used uh, when they did the um, Walk This Way cover. Is that right? And they actually thought the name of the band was Toys in the Attic. Right. <laughs> yo, let's get Toys in the Attic in here. Do a record with that. Yo, let's get them in here, yo. <laughs> that was a pretty good, uh, pretty good run impression, wasn't it? Yeah, that was great. That was great. I'm, I'm, 
All right. I'm, I'm, drunk, I'm like, drunk and a bigot. This is awesome. Do you like the You'll Guster? Have me back. You'll have me back next week, I'm sure. <laughs> Are you a fan of Guster by any chance? I'm a big fan of Guster. Of, of who? Guster. G-U-S-T-E-R. Dude, that's Guster? very that's very 1999 of you, PJ. That's that's good stuff. I I really no, like. I, I threw them out with a big head tie, but that's 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 all right. <laughs> I'm feeling you, dude. You had me the dead metal. You really did. Who was that okay. other band? Who was that other uh, band you told me about? What was it like two weeks ago, Peach? Was that the uh, the guy and the girl yelling at each other? Probably not two weeks no, ago. No, no, it was like three weeks ago. You're like, oh, go check this band out, and I listened to it. It was really good, but it was really uh, sort of weird. Oh, Eels. I wanted you to listen to the entire yeah. Eels catalog. Right. The yeah. entire yeah. catalog? Yeah, yeah they're about that, 90, that guy's 94 albums. He put, out, he put out a million records, so. Yeah, because I have three weeks to listen to Eels <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because Westworld, I, now, Westworld, Westworld care. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, you know, wait, Yo Gabba Gabba? No, 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 put the Eels on. We were, were talking about it, and I, and I mentioned that there's an album called Electroshock Blues that Eels put out. And I said that that was the album that Elliot Smith used to listen to to, like, get more depressed. <laughs> yeah, which is great, which is definitely what you want. Yeah, when he right. felt that he wasn't I can, down I can see, enough. I can see what Wes is saying to Steve now. Daddy, can you put a little chlor- more chloroform in my chocolate milk? <laughs> I tell you what, Great. I tell you what, guys. He loves Elliot Smith, by the way. Very early on, loves it. I play it. I played. Uh, you know, we're driving in the car or whatever. I put the Elliot Smith on the old Pandora there. Loves it. You know, I'm not <laughs> one to talk. My kid, my kid, my three year old wants to watch Yellow Submarine constantly. So I. I um, I'm I'm oh, I'm in a position. I love that. I love that. Yes, you're blue. Superhero in. movies. Yes, we're gonna do this. Let's just do this. Um, Let's by the way, we, we another time, and I, I'm sure Cal will get on board with this. We need to do. There's so many special. I think we podcasts. lost. I think we lost Cal. I think Cal's Cal's. <laughs> oh, he's here. Cal's off looking at the the 2013 NHL annual, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we've lost. We've lost. This is Mariano Rivera, and this is Stefan Rotter. <laughs> um, that was Mo. Wow, direct from Kauffman Stadium. Um, he's from the MRI tube in Kansas City right now. Right. Um, the uh, we we need to have a, so many special podcasts, but I would love to do one one day on Yellow Submarine. I think that's one of the more underrated movies ever. I, I just think it's you know we we do overrated, underrated, and rated. Tremendously underrated movie, and the fact that the Beatles had very little to do with it outside of the music, because they didn't do any of the voices. Uh, right. Of, of course, they loved it once it was a success. But um, the uh, I it, it's a very funny movie. Very oh, clever. terrific. It's very clever and cheeky. No, and anything, sort of anything, look, anything that, that 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 can bring together preschoolers. And potheads is like a license to print money. I mean, <laughs> right? Or Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, which yeah, dude. That's like I mean, come on. That's like News Review meets Grooves in the Heart. I mean, come yep. on. I mean, that's like that's the it's like chocolate and peanut butter. I'm all about it. All right, so we got a couple minutes left. Top five favorite superhero movies. I bring this up because it's a subject very near and dear to my heart. I started thinking about it, guys. The Avengers comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. All right, and I want to I want a top five all time. So we let's let's go around the horn. Let me just I'm gonna. Throw Did you out... know that Yellow Submarine syncs up with uh, 
the Pink Floyd album Relics? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say That's it, good. It, That's great, it, man. it syncs up with That's... the Yellow Submarine album. Do you, do you, did you know that Amagama syncs up with the Days of Wine and Roses? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but you you can actually get a DVD of uh, they, it's called Pink Submarine. Get out of here! Where no? Why would I? Do I make things up? Yes, often. It's all you true. <laughs> this is all true. Well, I, this I, is I, all. This I'm is all. Go true. To the old Google. I'm gonna have to go to the old Google. You don't have to go to PinkSyncShop.com. Oh, and, and so that, sounds, that just sounds dirty. I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I got two words: private browsing. Okay. Do you have? I have to clear my cache. Do you have? Clearly, uh, <laughs> <do you laughs> Brian Cashman for that one. <laughs> do, you, do you do you really have uh, a piece of that? No, but but they <laughs> no. do. But they do sell DVDs <laughs> where they this have synced. You know, they sync the soundtrack to the movie for you. So if you want to watch Dark Side of the Moon synced up to to the Wizard of Oz, you can just buy a DVD of it already done for you. Oh, nice! Oh, wow, that one works. By the way, that and that and peanut butter sandwiches will get you gas money. That's good stuff. <laughs> The uh, all right, so I'm throwing out my first in my top five superhero movies of all time, and I'm throwing out Superman one, the original, with Christopher Reeve. That's right. Oh yeah. come on, dude! It's that good. Why? No, why is that? Why is that? I think it's. I think and and Cal's shaking his head. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm in agreement. Yes, he's he's with me on this. So uh, it's because it's the score is magnificent. Sure. Um, the casting is really, in my opinion, is really, really good for the time. Sure. Uh, and sure. and lastly, it's it's what was that movie? Seventy seven, maybe seventy eight. Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Seventy eight. It's just it's got that seventies depression slash recession slash optimism. I don't know. That's, I I see it as like a period piece. There's a lot of flashes. It was clearly made in the seventies, but it was but it it it, it works. I, I I still dig it, and I like. I'm putting Superman on the list. Great casting. You know, Ned Beatty. Come on, come on. Would you Would you put that above Superman too? Oh, that's tight. Superman. Uh, because I tight. guess I guess if you were gonna put the, a, a Richard Donner flick in there, right? I I would have to go with the sequel, man. That's one of the strongest sequels in in in. It is in great. my cinematic lifetime. I love Hackman, though. I love Hackman. Yeah, but Superman role. 2, you've got Hackman, you've got Terrence Stamp. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. You know, you've got the limey playing before General was, Zod. I mean, that's, before that's, he was Chancellor of Valorum, he was... Yeah, you know, that, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I understand where you're coming <laughs> from. I, I remember seeing Superman the movie in the, in the on the big screen, but... I think that's part of it, too. I think that's part of the reason sure. it's on my list. I, I mean, I think I remember seeing it. You know, I was only like three or four when it, or uh, four or five when it came out, but I certainly remember seeing it in like 1980. You know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe on a maybe on a re-release or something like that. Or, uh, but I'm putting it there. All right, let's uh, Cal. Let me have one. Yeah, see, I remember seeing Superman three in the movies with Richard Pryor. So, yeah, so do I. Unfortunately, <laughs> that was my history. I can't unremember that. that. Go ahead, Cal. Good give stuff. me one. Uh, if I. Uh, I mean, I hate I hate to be unoriginal, but Dark Knight has got to be at the top of my list. No, I agreed, man. That's what a great film. It's tremendous, just, terrific. Now, now, are you putting the the first one? Or are you putting Dark Knight itself? I'm putting Dark Knight itself. Okay. 
Because the first one was what? Uh, Batman. Uh, Batman Begins, right? Which is also really, really good. Right, but but the Dark Knight rivals Superman two as far as a sequel. Yep. Dark yeah. Tremendous. Agreed. Agreed. Tremendous. All right, Peach, give us one. Well, I have a couple of things that are sort of connected. All right, sir. I uh, I wrote down Superman and Superman two together. Okay. To, to to me, they kind of feel like one long piece. I could see that. Same tone, same feel. Yeah, and I wrote down Batman Begins and Dark Knight together because there's a there's a really good continuity there. Yep. Plus the <laughs> absence of uh, what's her name there, Mrs. Tom Cruise. Yes, Katie uh, Holmes. Yes. You can o- Not- you can only go up from there when you fire her. But those two are unoriginal. <laughs> so the the first original one uh, I can throw into the mix is another sequel, Spider-Man 2. Yes. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2? Is that, that what is going on? Co- yeah. Co-written by Michael Chabon, too. A lot of people don't yep. know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good call, Jay. That's absolutely true. Michael Chabon, uh, who wrote one of my favorite books, uh, Cavalier and Clay. Um, yeah, which would, which would be a part of this conversation if someone would ever have the, the, the cojones to make that film. Yeah, the stones to make that into a movie, absolutely. Uh, It's a a really strong movie because it gets into the psychology of the Peter Parker side. I totally agree. I thought Spider-Man 2 was fantastic. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and it's got the brilliant unmasking scene on the train, Mm -hmm. which yep. And the and the 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 carrying back on the train, and I still get the goose. I get the goosebumps. I get big time goosebumps. That's the Spider-Man. We could do that. Uh, all right, uh, Jay, throw one in there. Well, you know something. I have to say that that I'm really I'm really feeling the love in the room tonight, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out here. I, I, the the contrarian nature of the notorious lightweight and and throwing Adele out like that. I'm I'm inspired, and with that in mind, this I'm actually gonna take place. a little bit of a left turn with you guys. I'm actually gonna say that that one of my favorite superhero movies is also one of the most underrated films by one of the more overrated directors, and that is M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's Unbreakable. Wow. I think that is, a, I think that is an origin story of, of, of just a, the top-shelf variety. I think the performances by Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis are outstanding. I, 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 Can I ask you that something? Movie, that movie has resonated with me for years, and, and to me, um, and it's, it's, it's a valentine to the comic book genre, and I love that movie. I love that movie. Do you find yourself uh, defending it to people who just yes. outright put it down? Yes. I wipe my nose. I like wipe my nose. Eddie Murphy style, telling him that Stevie Wonder is in fact a musical genius, and I and I want I want a sequel. I, I do. I defend it. I defend it in a really irrational and reasonable manner. I do. I love that that came out of Jay's mouth because uh, I know that PJ loves that movie because PJ and I had, have had the discussion about how, and I think we've defended that movie together, PJ. I think. Um, Which one now? Un- Unbreakable. Okay. I think we I think we I think we've defended that movie together to people because I thought while I don't necessarily agree that it's as well done as it could have been. I think it's I think it's a tremendously underrated movie. I really do. That's a, that's a great call, Jay. That's an excellent Thanks, call. Good good work, both of you. Uh, Cal, give me another one. 
You want to? Ah, uh, jeez, another one. Um, I thought I thought I only had to give you one. Now I got to no, go no. back. Got to give me another one. I give you another one. Uh, Say Annie. I, it's not going to be Annie. I like, <laughs> you know, I like X Men. The first one. The first one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, little, that's a little bit of a guilty pleasure, but I like it too. Yeah. I I I think you're I think you're spot on. I think you got a lot of good people in that. You know what I liked a lot? I'm I, I'm going to throw the first Batman, the Tim Burton Batman, out there because I I I'm sorry, I loved it. I know it's camp. I know it's cheesy. I know it's and and to see the Dark Knight and stuff like that, you know that's <clears throat> they're two different Batmans, obviously. But I'm sorry, I I I I liked I liked the first Batman. I liked it. No, no, no shame in that game, man. It reinvigorated the franchise. Yep. And, and, you know, that movie came out a year after Frank Miller, or a year or two after Frank Miller's books, and people were all over it. And the style of Tim Burton and what he brought to the picture, I I agree, man. I'm a I'm a big Chris Nolan fan with the uh, the new trilogy, but I, that for in fact the first two movies he did, the only two movies he did for the Batman yep. franchise were were well done, man. I don't no don't don't be shy about that. Yeah, I, I, thank you. And the second one's no embarrassment either. I agree. I mean, even no. with uh, Danny DeVito, he started to get at the duality. He never got dark enough. You know, he was never able to get dark enough because whenever Tim Burton gets dark, he gets campy. To me, sure. You know sure. I mean? But uh, so obviously, Christopher Nolan has, has captured the psyche and the, the the complete psychological breakdown of both the villains and Batman. But yeah, you know, that first one's and you know what? Nicholson's just killing it. He's just killing it. He just killed it in the first one. He just killed it. Yeah, no, he owned it. He owned and it. And I love Heath Ledger. I think that's one of the that's not just a great superhero movie performance, that's a great movie performance. Okay, that that I get goosebumps every time I see that movie. Because that that's a tremendous performance. Tremendous. Uh, everyone in the Kodak Theater agreed with you, so That's right. Know. But you know Nicholson's just being Nicholson. He's just he just kills it. And you got Jack Palance in that movie, and I'm on board with Jack Palance. All right, he and I park our cars in the same garage. Right. I'm a number one a guy. Uh, let's say this son of a bitch. Uh, we used to do a whole bit on uh, on uh, Tango and Cash. That was always a, a famous bit of ours because uh, we just wanted Jack Palance to keep going. <laughs> he was just like Tango and Cash, Laverne and Shirley, Joni and Chachi, <laughs> TJ and Rick. I could just keep going with every sort of duo that he could possibly think of. Um, all right, Peach, give me one more. Jay, give me one more, and then we're gonna wrap it. But I got two more. P- all right, fine, PJ, fine. And also. <laughs> I made a list of some of the worst ones. Oh, oh! You made a Razzie list. Flash Gordon, The Hulk, Ang Lee's Hulk, Spawn, oh, di- Fantastic oh. Four. Okay, those, those were those were bad. <laughs> That'll take care of that. <laughs> you you can go back later and see that I'm very correct on all of those. Daredevil, Daredevil, Daredevil. Ooh, they shot that uh, on the roof of my building. Wow. On the island uh, of Manhattan. Flash Gordon though might be one of the uh, one of the worst, absolutely, but with one of the best songs. Sorry, the Queen song resonates. Sorry, sure, that, that song's tremendous. All right, can which, you, which can Public you... Enemy turned into one of the greatest samples uh, in in hip hop history. So, oh, that's right, Terminator oh, X. 
Gordon's alive. Um, all right. So, so, so the two good no, ones I got left are Hellboy and The Incredible. And then I'm out. Nice. Look at you with The Incredibles. Hey, Incredibles 2 coming out this summer, right? Oh, hope Cute. so. Cute. Cute. All right, Jay, give me another one. I don't know. I, I, I think Peach covered it, man. I, I, there are a few out there. I think just for a little bit of comic effect, and, and honestly because I enjoyed the movie when it came out, I'm going to say Blade. And because, you know what, Wesley Snipes, all four foot eleven with him, five foot one with the afro, five foot three with the tax returns. That was actually that was an enjoyable. I had I, I had a couple of you know bags of popcorn at that film, and and smoked a really big blunt. I mean, I, right. I enjoyed it. It was it was good. And and you know what other what other superhero movie is going to give you the line of there's always some m effer trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> That's one of the most. That's one of Poetry. the most classic lines in 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 Hollywood history. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Blade. I'm gonna go with Blade. I love it. All right. Well, that's uh, that's let's end there. <laughs> There's always some. Uh, I really, to, that's uh, good. I really am trying to ice skate uphill at this point. So that's good. Thank you for putting me out of my misery. Well, uh, let's uh, say goodnight to our buddy Jay. Jay, thanks for joining us, man. You got anything? Uh, anything to plug? Anything you're working on? Uh, I'm, I'm working on my third uh, Manhattan at the moment, so thank you guys, uh, and look forward to seeing you. Um, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Later. Uh, great stuff out of Linder. He's that's what he's, he came on to plug his third Manhattan. <laughs> uh, PJ, final unload. Yes, watch the skies. The supermoon is coming. The who? The supermoon. Oh, the supermoon is coming. Is that another <laughs> superhero movie? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's it's the way to see the moon, and it's big. Oh, cool. Uh, when? When? Uh, this weekend. Excellent. All right, Cal, final one. You're going to plug something. you got to tell us when. <laughs> um, well, look out. To, you'll see it. It's big. It's when the moon is big. That's when it is. PJ, PJ's having the supermoon on his show. <laughs> that's right. We'll be <laughs> talking about Flash Gordon. Cal, final one, Luke. Uh, my final unload is the next time we speak, next Thursday, one member of this show will be a year older. And I am wishing a happy, happy birthday to my partner, Steve, Sam Keith, Sam Pietro. Happy, happy birthday, and uh, bring the mess to win this weekend, will you? Thank you, my brother, and uh, thanks. Appreciate it. And uh, my final unload is uh, just a thank you to uh, to Jay uh, for joining us and to PJ for producing the show. We haven't thanked you enough, Peach. Uh, but Cal and I really do love doing the show with you every week. So uh, thank you, brother. And thanks to Jay for joining us in the Bon Vivant Off. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs>